With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. stuck in your mind. There's no escaping it. You know, it's like the Pledge of Allegiance. There's no way to unremember that shit. Scotland. Alright, that's a fucking up that. I was just, I was in the CVS because I had to get a new fucking shoulder sling. And it came over the, the, it came over the radio. The little music. Thank God they weren't playing Christmas carols though. And then I realized I've been listening to that song on and off since I was a kid. Just punished with it. I don't even know who sings it. I didn't until five minutes ago. It's really a, it's really an awful song, but you like it. It's kind of fun to sing. Gets stuck in your head, and then you just you know sing it to yourself over and over again to drown out the minutia of the day. You know, 
I was just driving through downtown Oakland singing that to myself. You know, watching all the sketchy urchins and shit by the 14th Street Bart and watching some crackhead take a shit against the wall somewhere. <laughs> he also, Billy Ocean also had the song. <laughs> God. Step out of my dreams and step into my car. <laughs> God. It's a little creepy, isn't it? That is a little weird. A little Bill Cosby-ish. Jesus Christ. So, anyway, I fucking, I'm gimped up. I'm disabled. Mr. Lebowski is disabled. I'm disabled for the next month. I can't use my arm. I got the shoulder surgery because my, kept popping out. You ever had a shoulder dislocation before? It's a fucking terrible injury. It's, it's, oh God, it feels so gross. And then once it pops out, you stretch all those tendons and shit out and you're fucked. It's going to keep popping out. You're doomed. Brother, there's no escaping it. It's going to keep happening. So I'm gimped up, but it's nice because it got me got me an excuse to get time off work. You know? Get some unemployment insurance, you know? And it's all legit. Didn't even have to fake an injury. Nothing. It's all legit. I'm really gimped. I can't use it. I was in excruciating pain last night. And they gave me some opiate pills, which I hate taking and I hate the feeling of. But it was so bad I had to. And then I just, you know, they gave me a Percocet. I took like half and I just felt all <laughs> drooling on myself and trying to read about the meridioid fern biology <laughs> while I'm falling asleep. And uh, basically on the pharmaceutical heroin. So, uh, God damn, Chile was fucking great, man. I don't know where to start. We had a real nice time. Uh, we met up, I met up with my friend Stefan, who runs the Cacti Explorer page, who's, I guess he does tours, and he does group tours, but he only had one, uh, person buy into it this, this, uh, time around, so he had two extra spots, so we just jumped on. It was still a group tour, though, it was the dude, the dude that came was paying the group tour rate, but fuck me, if this guy wasn't a punisher, man, this dude... I met him, and he was a nice enough guy, whatever, and then, you know, two or three days in the car with this guy, and I was just fucking, I'd had it. He was just rushing, and he didn't want to, he didn't want to get out and look at plants. He complained. I don't know what he was doing there. He, like, he paid however much money for a fucking cactus tour, and then he was just rushing us the whole time and pouting. You know, there'd be, we'd be in the middle of nowhere, and there'd be, like, a fucking eight-foot-wide colony of Oreo Sirius leukotrichus on a hill and this guy wouldn't get out to look at it he just sit in the car and pout like he was having a miserable and he really fucking hated me i don't know what it was i think it was i think it was because just my personality but he for he really got it in for me and i wasn't even the guy taking all the time half the time you know i was whatever but he he really developed a bad taste in his mouth for me and so it was it was personal at one point, you know, I, I anyway, there were, it finally came to a head and thank God it did, but we're sitting, we're in the, this fucking incredible area, incredible habit, habitat. It's like these, we're like 10,000 feet up in these fucking Andean highlands near this, this red geothermal lagoon that's filled with archaea, uh, you know, that produce the carotenoid pigments that make the red coloration of the water. And there's all this Oreo Sirius up on the hill and, uh, 
Stefan and Matt went to go look at this stuff, and they're free. Everyone's freaking out. We're having a fucking great time. We're so stoked. There's no one around. Not a single fucking person. We're on this sketchy, beat-up road, middle of fucking nowhere in the Atacama, in the Altiplano, high up. Not even the Atacama Desert. We're so high up. We're, like, close to Bolivia. And this dude, I went, I saw a Chukiraga Spinosa, the red one. Incredible plant. Doesn't even look like a sunflower, but it's in the sunflower family. And so I took a bunch of flower pornography shots and then came back to the truck. And I see this guy is just, he's just hanging out in the Jeep, just pouting. While everyone else is having a great time and, and looking at these fucking, these super rare life forms, you know, that only exist in this region. And, uh. And I saw, I just, I couldn't help, but I, I told them, I was trying to be nice. I wasn't even being a dick. I said, I said, there's a giant Oreo Sirius up there. It's really cool. Don't you want to go look at it? And he, he took offense to me asking that. And I wasn't even being snotty about it. I was just, I was just it was a literal question. Don't you want to go look? You know, he's just sitting in the car pouting. And then he, he went on some deranged he's like can i ask you a question and i was like oh here we go here we go he's, this is his opener like this he's he's gonna he's gonna let off my pressure release valve and he's like why don't you book your own cactus tour and i said because i don't fucking do tours number one and at three i'm with my friend and two or four you got a fucking you know you got a excellent rate here you you paid a fraction of what you would pay on any of these other fucking tours that they hold and it's, it was built as a group tour. It's not your personal private tour. You want to pay that and then pay the fucking rate for a private tour. And Stefan will tell me and Matt to go get fucked. And we'll understandably comply. And uh, that'll be that. But as it stands now, you're with three other people, all of whom are enjoying this habitat. And you're sitting here pouting like a little bitch. No offense. And uh, yeah, he just, I just kind of went nuts, man. I was like, this is, we're never going to be here again. This is incredible. You could learn so much and you're just sitting here pouting like a little rich entitled fucking brat. And uh and then <laughs> I kind of flew up the handle, then I felt bad about it. Not to him, but just for myself. I don't like being that guy. But he deserved it. And uh and then Matt and I realized we needed to rent our own vehicle and head head out on our own path. Because we, we wanted to do, you know, we wanted to botanize everything, too, and step into more just a cacti guy. He was getting excited about other stuff, too. but And then we didn't run, ruin his business, either, because this guy's paying him. He's got to work with this guy for another two weeks, and his friend threatening to kill him. I wasn't really going to kill him. I was just mad. I was just a little hot. I didn't I didn't threaten him. I didn't, none of that. I, I would, I'm not a meathead. You know, I just couldn't believe the what this guy was espousing, what this, the values this guy was, oh, it was just so gross, so I figured it's better just to step off, and, you know, so the next day, we, uh, we parted ways, but prior to that, you know, we'd spent the whole time, we'd see, we saw this really cool Bomaria involucrosa, the first record of it on INAT in, uh, Chile, it mostly grows in Peru, incredible plant, looks like some weird fucking, I don't, it's a monocot, looks like a lily, it's got lily heads, flower parts and multiples of three, all these flowers combined in one big involucre that's pendant and drapes down, standing six feet tall, and uh, 
you know, I didn't take more pictures. I got a couple pictures, but not that many. Because this guy was throwing a hissy fit and having a temper tantrum. And I don't even know where he went. What did we, I don't even know what he was in such a rush for. Where are you going to go? Huh? You want to get back to like the little dinky, quote, motel we're staying in that, that you know, <laughs> it's like, you know, probably gets, Christ, I can't imagine they get that, that much patronage. Uh, per year just you know there was nowhere to go that's the point this guy's freaking out so <clears throat> anyway that was that so we got dropped we were in san pedro de atacama which is like a big tourist town <clears throat> it's like a tourist town but it's like this little high altitude desert uh it's a really cool actually it's a cool little town but there's you, there's tons of like the hippie influence and i'm sure there's you know a nice contingent of like tweakers that Rob the tourists and shit. It was kind of, it was cool, but then there was a little bit of reality there too, of course. Um, they got like a little street market that's closed off the cars. You can walk through and there's some dude playing violin at 10 p.m. at night and just, you know, a lot of Europeans around there too. It was a tourist. There was like a little tourist, uh, a tourist spot, but it was, you know, it was cool. So we hung out there for a night, but then, you know, I think like 12 hours of that is all I could stand. And I started to feel nauseated. It was like a Joshua tree of the Atacama Desert. It was like a Joshua tree city, the Atacama Desert. You know, you could tell there was some people that were a little full of themselves there. <laughs> and then there was the the whole thing that erupts when people are trying to fleece tourists. Understandably, but it just, just feels gross and money grubbing and ugh. So we rented this fucking camper van from this company, Wicked Campers which is horrible. We just, I didn't know what else to do. We needed something we could sleep in. So we rented like a 1992 Chevrolet van with no power steering, no power locks, no air conditioning, <laughs> no air conditioning in the Atacama desert and some stupid shit painted on the side. I didn't know what it was. My girlfriend who's from a, a Hispanic background told me that the guy on the was painted on the side was El Chavo del Ocho which is a famous Latin American sitcom I was not familiar with. But uh, that made me feel a little better about it. Because you you're had you driving a van around with a bunch of stupid shit painted on the side. You're going to be a magnet for cops. You're also going to be a magnet for for criminals still. Because it basically says I'm a tourist. So, um, oh yeah, that was the other thing too. You could see where the, <laughs> you could see where the door locks had been pried open. Someone had taken a screwdriver, jammed it in the fucking, the keyhole for the the front, the driver's side and the passenger side door and then hit it with a hammer. And that, of course, had dented the, had dented the whole, they repaired the lock, but you could still tell someone had broken another car. And uh, we talked to the dude that was renting it. And he said, uh, oh yeah, we've been broken into four times in, in this town. You know, and I was like, oh, okay, that's great. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, that makes sense. That van had been broken into. They had like four break-ins. You know, they rent these vans to tourists and shit. And they got this whole lame-ass company culture, man. It's so annoying and just, um, I don't know how to dis I don't know how to describe it, but it's, you know, if you look it up, Wicked Campers. I used them in Australia too to rent this van. It wasn't as bad. You could tell it was a it was a little fucked. They had had some issues with people. There were a bunch of horrible reviews for them online, but. But I needed a van I could sleep in, you know, especially if you're botanizing. Just look up, wake up, look at plants, go pass out, wake up the next day. I got a little stove and shit in the back, so 
whatever. But we're talking to this guy who's selling us the, who's renting us the van. And already, I mean, we'd already put the deposit down, but I was already having like, oh, fuck, man, that was a bad idea. And the dude's telling us, we told him we're from the United States. And I was asking if there were tweakers in that town or something like that. And, you know, mainly just worrying about getting robbed. And the guy, uh, <laughs> the guy, he said, tweakers. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm, and he didn't really know what they were. And I explained to him what methamphetamine was and how it turns people into schizophrenics. And it's this horrible drug. And this guy starts mentioning how he would like to try it sometime because he saw Walter White uh, and the blue meth. Like, he thought methamphetamine was like the shit out of Breaking Bad. Like, it's like the the blue meth. I couldn't believe it. Me and Matt are sitting there listening to this guy talk about how he wants to smoke speed at some point. <laughs> We're just like, oh my God. Takes all kinds, I guess, huh? Jesus Christ. What the fuck is wrong with people? So, uh, anyway, we drove out of there. And I kind of wish, you know, we left that town that day, San Pedro de Atacama. And I kind of wish we hadn't because there was a bunch of shit I wanted to see. Uh, we'd already been in Chile for like five or six days at this point and seen a ton of crazy shit. Azarela Compacta, we saw, we had seen the uh, Trichosiris Atacamensis, a bunch of good stuff, but um, we wanted to just get out of that town. We were just kind of like, fuck this, we're, we're done with it. This town left a bad flavor in our mouth. We're expecting to get robbed too. Just, you know, have the van get broken into. Because it's not secure at all. I mean, it's got a lock on it, but anybody could break into it. It's like a, it's literally, it's like a 1992 Chevy van. It's a piece of shit. There's no, there's no security. You're just counting on, uh, you know, people to not either, to either not know how to break into it or to just be nice. Um. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And I guess the former, maybe there's a little bit of hope, but I don't know. No one, no one fucked with it. We didn't get broken into, but they Christ they could have so we just you know I would just put my camera all my shit in the backpack and take it with me every time we left the van any valuable shit <clears throat> but uh all the clothes and books they could fucking steal if they wanted though they probably wouldn't but um there was a there's a muticioid answer there's a ermenitia oh Christ what is the name of it <clears throat> but I wanted to see it I, I guess it was growing around San Pedro de Atacama and, uh, yeah, Ermenetia Atacamensis. Look that one up. U-R-M-E-N-E-T-E-A. It's got, uh, it's got leaves. It's got, like, seispatose leaves, little basal rosette. Doesn't really get very tall at all. Taller than a couple inches. But the leaves blend in perfectly with the sand. 
like camouflage leaves. Really fucking cool. And it's one of the mutisioid composites, one of the that whole basal lineage, you know. Everything down there is mutisioid. We saw a couple of rigorons. We saw a grindelia. But most of the sunflower family members we saw down there were mutisioid, which are these, they're, they'll fuck up everything you think you know about that family. You know, their foliage is oftentimes very leathery and spiky and harsh and bristly, very uh, sclerophyllous, big waxy cuticle, very stiff. Again, very spiny and a lot of oxophyllum, spiny foliage. Um, yeah, oxophyllum ulicinum was when we saw it. It's got, it's, it's got leaves like a conifer. The foliage is like a conifer. We saw Plasia daphneoides, another fucking super weird one. The styles on a lot of these mutisioids too. Some of them, they bend back into the typical Y shape. You know, those little antennas that curl back that you see poking out of the individual florets of sunflower. Sunflower capitulas. But a lot of them, the styles are just pointy. They're really weird. Like, look at look at Chucky Uraga. That's not a, that's a, that's not a mutisioid. That's a different... That's even more primitive than mutisioid. That's like some 50 million year old sunflower shit. But, uh... God, there were so many different kinds of Chucky Uraga. Atacomensis, Ulicina... Uh, opposite of folia, spinosa. We saw a bunch. And they smell good, too. Holy shit, the chuki ragas are so fragrant. <clears throat> Long-ass Corolla tubes. Super spiky fucking foliage. Spines on the, uh, stipular spines. <clears throat> but, um, anyway. Yeah, whatever. We need to get out of there. I don't feel too bad about it. The Azarella Compacta was totally incredible. I didn't even make a post about that yet. Because it's just too much. It's too much to... Uh, I have to get on it at some point. Uh, later on. Because that was such an incredible plant. Chile was great, man. I mean, it was... It, we we could have... You know, we went... We basically we flew to Arica. We flew to Santiago. Hung out in Santiago for the day. Then caught another flight that night to Arica. And then... Which is by Peru. It's like way up in the north. In the deserts. In the deserts that actually gotten some rain. Santiago's fucked. It's in a brutal drought. It's that George Soros again and his climate hoax. Um, and so we we drove from Arica south, fucked running out the Plano for a while, and then drove to Antofagasta from San Pedro when we split with Stefan. And uh and then just took our time going south, you know? It's crazy, though, man. The Atacama Desert is its barren as hell. I've never seen anything that barren before. I've never seen... I've never seen a an environment where there's no plants at all. And there was nothing. I mean, you would see... You'd see the, the odd Sistanth. Sistanth is a big genus out there. Sistanth and Tequilia. You'll see those in the Atacama. If they got a little bit of rain. But, uh... But you'd see the odd Sistanth, like, every fucking... 10 miles and then you just see nothing there was nothing it was it was incredible i mean it's just so dry and it's not even that hot it's not a super hot desert it's just uh i guess it'll get up to like 95 100 maybe but the whole desert's so high up it's not that hot it's just so dry it never it never rains man it never fucking rains there um god damn yeah it was cool it was just weird to see a, a desert like that. The driest desert on earth. It's actually not that hot. 
It feels pleasant to be outside. The air is super dry. The air is like a sponge. Your skin dries out, but it's not that hot out. Um, oh, yeah. Huidobria fruticosa. H-U-I-D-O-B-R-I-A. That was a bush in the uh, lowest Saceae in the Menzilia family. You know, the Velcro leaf family. We saw one of those, and it was like the only thing growing around for a few miles. We saw just one of those bushes on the side of the road flourishing. It was blooming and thriving, but there was nothing else. And I think because it doesn't get that hot, that's why a lot of this stuff is there in the first place. If it got hot, if it was a dry and hot desert, there would be nothing there. But because it doesn't get that hot, uh, it eases up uh, the strain on these plants. They don't lose... Uh, they don't lose the moisture as quickly as they otherwise would. But then, of course, you get within two or three miles of the coast, and it's just, boom, the plant life just explodes. And you can see it. You can actually see it, um, you know, when you're going, when you're approaching the coast, you see the fog bank. As, the, as you slowly decline in elevation, you see the fog bank uh, in, the, in the distance as you're heading west from the Atacama dropping down from an elevation of like five or six thousand feet towards sea level and you can see the fog bank and that's when all this stuff starts appearing the copiapoas and the ulichnia cacti and oh fuck it's it's just such a weird it's so weird it's so cool and it's been there for so long there's just these these long lost lineages of of plants at least there's sunflowers so yeah that was a it was, it was really, I had no idea. I didn't know what it was. I mean, I knew the Atacama was barren, but I didn't know how important the influence of fog was. I didn't realize how high up most of it is. Most of the Atacamas are like 5,000 feet. It's that Nazca Plate, man, to the west. So you got the Nazca Plate to the west, which is subduct, subducting beneath the South American Plate eastward at a rate of like 65 to 75 millimeters per year. Really fucking fast. You know, that's... uh. Jesus Christ, what, what is that? That's like, I guess it would be three inches, two and a half to three inches. This continental plate is moving a year. So you that's why you get these massive earthquakes. We got one too. We got a bit. Where did we feel that? We felt like it ended up being like a 6.0 or something, but we weren't that close to it. But, uh, oh, that was in Eureka. Yeah, Jesus Christ. So, um, but yeah, so you got the Nazca Plate subducting, which is causing all that uplift. And then you got that Humboldt current, that cold ocean current coming from the south, which creates all the fog. Uh, and of course, those cold temperatures create that inversion layer. So you got warm air above, cold air down below, and they don't mix. And so that cold air creates basically kind of like a permanent high pressure system that diverts all the moisture away. And those two things comprise the majority of... Oh, and then, of course, you got the rain shadow. You know, most of the rain comes uh, from... You know, on the other side of South America, you got uh, warm currents coming down from the equator. Warm ocean currents coming down from the equator. That's where you get all the moisture and, you know, evaporation that then turns into clouds and precipitation. Evaporation off the ocean... You got all that shit on the east side, on the Argentina and the Brazil side. You get more rain there. They get summer rain, etc. But, uh, of course, they that those rainstorms hit the Andes and they just rise up. They dump everything they got. And then there's no moisture by the time they blow over the Andes, if they do. 
So those three things create this super barren, dry desert. But it's also, it's been there so long, it's put, it's created species. It's These three environmental factors have created a wealth of fucking plants that just rely on fog. That's their main source of precipitation. Extremely drought tolerant. You know, that's why all these cacti, I realize too, because it doesn't get that hot. A lot of those trichoceres and echinopsis, that's why they do so well in the Bay Area. Because this is like their climate. Maybe a little bit colder. But, uh, and without the extreme temperature fluctuations, you gotta come up at like 15,000 feet. You go, it'll be 70 degrees during the day and then 20 at night. I mean, just huge, huge temperature fluctuations. But I think that's why a lot of those cacti do so well in the Bay Area. They're not hot desert cacti. You know, and that's why I have people I know, any of the creepy cactus collectors that grow the copiapoas and stuff, you can't grow them in Phoenix. They just melt. It's, too, it's way too hot for them. You know, any of the climates, any of the eras we went through, and granted we were there in the spring, but I reckon it doesn't change that much. <clears throat> um, you know, none of those areas, none of those, none of those plants see temperatures in excess of 100 degrees Fahrenheit. They just don't. So when you bring them to a place like Phoenix where it gets 115, they just fucking melt. I wonder about the brown ninja. I wonder how, you know, brown ninja being those super tall, weird looking octopus cacti. It looks like an octopus mounted on a fucking pike. Those are far in the far north. You get it more of them. You get most of them, I think, in Peru. It's like eight or nine species in the genus, maybe 12. But uh, brown ninja candelaris, you get in in uh, the Eureka area. We, I made a video out of those. There's a video up on a website. Um, but I've heard people try to grow those too. Those are like 8,000 feet, man. They're fucking high up. And again, it's dry, but it's not that hot. So I've heard, you know, people have had a lot of trouble trying to grow those in North American deserts thinking it's the same environment and it's just not. It's a vastly different ecosystem, vastly different desert, vastly different... Uh, climate and precipitation regime you know so the point is you can't grow copiapoas in fucking phoenix it's just not gonna work a lot of those chilean cacti actually do a lot better in the bay area uh you know unless they get mites it's all the cacti get mites i don't grow shit anymore it's a pain in the ass all these people that collect cactus and shit that's cool power to them i guess a lot of you know a lot of them can be fucking creeps i'm gonna be honest with you it just depends it depends who it is. The younger crowd, I like it when I see like ex-graffiti writers getting obsessive about plants. And I see that a lot, at least out here in California. You know, this old, this guy I used to be friends with, he, he was a graffiti guy. Now he runs a fucking cactus boutique in Sacramento. I think that's cool. But uh, some of these fucking older creeps you meet, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say they look like pedophiles, but maybe... You know, if you were going to, if you were going to do a Google image search for pedophile, you would get pictures of railroad buffs, like foamers, railroad nerds, like model train old guys, and maybe some of these, these cactus collectors, maybe some of the conifer guys too. There's a lot of creepy fucking conifers. The things that men tend to be attracted to in the botanical world, middle-aged white guys, not all men, obviously. Not all men. Not all men. Not all men. You know, but a lot of them tend to be, uh, they're really into big trees and fucking, and cacti. And if you're going to encounter any of like the libertarian dad, creepy fucking climate denier, uh, 
you know, mildly Republican politics, some dude who's going to start bitching about illegal immigration. If you're going to meet those guys in the botanical world, you're going to meet them on like a Facebook page for Big Tree Forum or for or for Cacti. It's just the way it is. You can get mad at me. I'm just telling you. I'm just be, I'm just the messenger. Don't fucking attack me. I mean, you can. It's fine. I'm amused. But I'm just saying, that's what I happen to notice. And I, I think it's just, you know, I think it's like, you know, the big, the powerful shit, the, the spiny stuff, the fucking, I don't know what it is about that demographic, but, but the collectors too, it's, it's fucking weird. You meet a lot of these guys and they're just real weird. They're fucking real weird. They're real stiff. Not a sense of humor. Not really into the science of it. They're just into collecting, you know? My dad is like that, too. The prick. Yeah, he's a prick. <laughs> I always tell him. Last time I was mad at him, I told him I'd rob him. If I knew when he... I told him to tell me when he was going on vacation so I could back a U-Haul up to his truck and just loot his house. I wouldn't really do that. I just wanted him to feel how I felt for him. You know, to feel an accurate representation. Because the guy's a prick. That's fine. There's a lot of dads in hell. You know, that's not that's not me. That's George Carlin said that. But my dad was in the fucking koi. He collected koi. But when it came to like the phylogenetics of them or the or or anything besides just the aesthetic of having this nice big fish in a little pond, he didn't give a shit. He didn't know anything about it. It was really weird. It was a really weird phenomenon. The guy's a fucking weirdo though. I mean, to be honest with you, he is. You know, raised by, like, liberal lefty parents, but at the same time, the whole time, wanting to espouse his right-wing mafioso uh, uncle. Uncles. So, I don't know what's going on. Anyway, whatever. Um, you know, I forgot to talk about, when we got to Chile, there was, we, like, we arrived in the middle of this mass uprising. I guess the government tried to raise the fucking, <laughs> raise the subway fares. And I gotta give it, there's some grievances there. People are getting kind of fucked, you know? Not as bad as here. I think in the States we get fucked a lot more. Well, I don't know. I can't say that. I just know there's a lot of fucking miserable people in debt, you know, stuck in uh, these lifestyles they can't seem to afford, but at the same time, the infrastructure doesn't provide them any way out of it. Um, But people, of course, people in the United States would never revolt like that because they all think they're going to be rich one day. But in Chile, they went nuts. They fucking trashed the banks. They trashed the pharmacies, I guess, because the pharmacies are super expensive there was some hoodlum shit though too a couple of these fucking numbskulls you know attacked his private businesses and uh you know like i think like an ice cream shop got looted <laughs> like a family-run ice cream shop in uh antofagasta yeah you're really you're really striking one against the man you fucking destroy an ice cream shop yeah kids uh but um I think there was shit like that going on here during the, the Occupy. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know. What's that? The, the Kennedy song, Riot? I think he's making fun of all that. Unless you're a moron and you can't catch satire, then he's he's encouraging it. I don't know. He being jello, of course. But uh, we arrived and there was all this feminist graffiti all over the fucking place. Like really, you know, cursive, dainty graffiti saying in Spanish, you know, fuck your machismo. And it was kind of cool. It was nice. I liked seeing it. It was heartwarming to see. Um, but of course, you know, it's not always well targeted. Sometimes it's just a, it's a, uh, it's a sledgehammer when you need a scalpel. Um, but yeah, that, so that was going on. That was a huge thing. I mean, the, the, I don't know enough about it cause I, uh, kind of want nothing to do with activism of any kind at the moment. I think people get really creepy when they get up for a cause, uh, especially when you get a herd of them, like a group mentality, like leftist, extreme leftist, extreme, of course, extreme right wing, any of that shit, these movements just get so fucking myopic. And small-minded in the end. And just conformist, too. You know, no one's gonna step out of line. You gotta think this way. You gotta wear this fucking costume. Or else people are going to, uh... You're gonna be looked at as weird or as a potential outsider or as a potential enemy. You know, it's like the worst of the human condition. And it tends to snuff out the best of the human condition. The individual minds, the critical thinking, the... The responding to who you really are and saying, fuck, being a part of a group, I don't need any kind of group identity. Uh, those are the things that I tend to admire about human beings when I see them doing good. And and I just don't see that in mass political movements. I see a lot of creepy shit. I see a lot of fucking weirdos. I see a lot of virtue signaling on both liberal and conservative sides. It's totally creepy. It feels awful. And then, of course, everyone thinks they're, you know, the God is on our side. Our cause is uh, 100%. Uh, that whole kind of justification. But anyway, I don't know what the fuck. So we 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 arrived in a, and this was going on everywhere. I mean, it was in Santiago. It was in fucking Eureka, a thousand miles to the north. The whole country is only 150 miles wide at the most. Um, but it was nice to see banks getting trashed. I like that. I always like seeing banks getting trashed. You can't argue with that. You know, you, I mean, you could, you'd probably be an asshole or some kind of square, some kind of unimaginative, boring square who's just followed the rules obediently your whole life. Never really thought about them. Just, just been a yes man, you know, kind of afraid. Are you afraid? What are you afraid of? Are you afraid? Are you a little scared? Anyway, uh, Yes, I fuck. I don't know. Those first couple days were great. Up in the Antiplano, that Pomaria uh, Involucrosa was incredible, and uh, and of course we went to the geysers. This uh, this red lagoon. I my friend Stefan knew the spot and took us there, but he didn't really know what was causing it, you know. And I didn't at first either. I I we showed up and you assume the red color is going to be sort of some sort of iron oxide, but um. Uh, I mean, seeing how hyper saline it was and it was a warm 
pool, I kind of realized that it was, uh, it had to be a extremophile, probably, a, a, you know, domain archaea. Uh, but I don't know if anyone's even, I mean, I looked that particular lagoon up and it's funny, people have hit me up asking for, <laughs> asking for directions where that place is. I'm not going to fucking tell you, are you kidding me? I'm sorry, but no way. But, uh, I looked that particular lagoon up on Google Scholar to see if there was any research on it, and I couldn't. I couldn't find any. I think it got a couple mentions, but. Um, but anyway, I think it was. I think the genus was Halococcus. It's some kind of archaea. It's not a true bacteria. A quote more primitive. But of course, that's a, that's a complex uh, word. You got to put a complex footnote in there. Modern member of a ancient lineage and the road there was just fucking incredible we came out we came around this mountain looked over this wide open basin not a fucking soul in sight no development of any kind and across this basin and then up maybe 500 meters um no maybe not five maybe 200 meters 200 meters above the basin there was another little divot uh, in a like another little hill, like another little mesa, and that's where this lagoon was. This iron red lagoon that was basically just a geothermal seep that had precipitated out. It it looked like a big mound, and it was next to a river. It looked like a huge football field sized mound of red rock. So these carotenoid pigments, I'm assuming that's what it was in this water, had bas- basically lithified into this mound uh, of of material that was probably, I don't know, 40 to 50 feet high next to this flowing river. This like beautiful fucking crystal clear river. Um, and there were old homesteads everywhere too. I remember that too. We've seen like, you know, these fucking walls built of stone everywhere. Like they were everywhere. I have no idea how old they were. If they were like a hundred, 200 years old, if they were a thousand years old, but they were just volcanic boulders put together in these, you know, four foot wall formations. It was really odd, you know, and there was, there was a couple homesteads there, like mud huts and, you know, maybe a little bit of wood, but they hadn't been occupied in a very long time. It was an incredible place, man. And of course, Oreo Sirius everywhere. Uh, there was Oreo Sirius Hemplianus, which is like a, a lower growing Oreo Sirius. There was a Chucky Uraga, there was another aster, another composite I haven't labeled yet. God, this fucking shoulder's killing me. I don't want to take any fucking pain pills, but it really is testing my patience. Oh, it feels just like a really bad, like a really bad cramp, like a really bad shoulder. You ever had a dislocated shoulder before? It's a fucking nightmare. It's a worst injury. Well, it's not the worst injury, but it's pretty bad, you know? It's just, it's, you never know when it's going to pop out, and then when it does, you got to get someone to help you put it back in. And then it's sore as hell for five days. And then you're just nervous about it popping out the whole time. So anyway, whatever. It popped out skateboarding. It popped out climbing. It popped out at the fucking kickboxing gym trying to throw a jab. I just threw too hard of a jab and just fucker popped out. Horrible. But, uh, fuck. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm all over the place. You're just going to have to deal. I don't know what to tell you. I'm all over the place. You're just going to have to deal with it. You know, cry me a fucking river. Okay. I'm talking about the lagoon. This is before we rented the van from the fucking idiot who told us he wanted to smoke blue meth and ran the rental van company. <laughs> Fuck. 
This is before we left San Pedro de Atacama, which is the Joshua Tree City of the Atacama Desert. It's kind of cute. A lot of little cute, little quaint tourist shops, you know. Lots of tours. Eco tours. Do you like eco tours? You want to go to the top of the mountain? You want to go to the top of the volcano? There's like a 21,000 foot tall volcano there. Fuck. It's incredible. We stayed... One night we stayed in this little beat up hotel. God, it was windy as fuck. We're up at like 11,000 feet. Brutal wind. We saw Trico Series out of Comensis that day. These big fucking 20... 25 foot tall fuzzy fuzzy cacti fuzzy dildo cacti uh chukiraga everywhere dunalia spinosa everywhere with those purple tubular flowers it's solanaceae there was a tiny hoffman segia there there was oh my god the fucking verbenas you know what the verbena family's doing in south america they form all kinds of weird ass there's a genus down there called junelia one of the, one of these shrubs, one of the junelias, looks like a fucking ephedra plant. Like it, it's stem photosynthetic. It's a spitting image of ephedra. But then you get up close and you see these. If it's flowering, these clusters of flowers, maybe the size of a large gumball, and they're verbena flowers, and they smell fucking incredible. They're the most pleasant. They're like gardenias, and it's just growing in this rocky. 8,000 foot elevation, uh, rocky desert that looks like the eastern Sierra Nevada, but 10 times as steep. Like the fucking canyon walls are 10 times as steep. The slopes are 10 times as steep. It's super dangerous uh, to go, you know, if you're like leaning over a ledge or trying to come down a sketchy hill to take a picture of a flower, the, like the hills are so steep, you, you can't do it. You know, because the risk of eating shit, you're not going to be able to stop yourself. And it's like a fucking 120-foot drop down to the arroyo down below. So, yeah, we had spent this night up at, uh, at uh, what the fuck, at 11. At, we went, we saw the, the Trico series out of commences, this cactus forest at 15,000 feet elevation. The spines have been modified on the upper part of the plant, like the upper half of the plant. The spines have been modified down below the lower 10 feet. They're super thick and, and they're spines. They're actual spines above 10 feet. The spines have been modified into hairs. That's what gives them their fuzz. The spines just turn into trichomes. It's the weirdest shit, you know? And it's odd too, that the, the cactus has a gene in it to program or a series of genes that program it to stop producing spiky spines at 10 feet and above, which is, of course, the level at which most herbivores are not going to be able to reach anymore. Totally incredible. Uh, and so, yeah, there was Dunaya Spinosa there. I think there was an A-triplex. There was Chukiaraga, Aracamensis. There was, uh, what the fuck, Junelia, a bunch of verbenas. verbenas. I saw a Stevia there, too. Little tiny stevia. Fuck, it was it was so cool. That night we stayed at this sketchy. It wasn't sketchy. It was just windy and whatever. I had a... I don't really eat meat. I don't really eat red meat. All the fucking vegans can fuck off. I'm sorry. I love you. I love your, I love what you're about. It's just the fact that you don't shut up about it. You're like the Jehovah's Witness. You guys are like the Jehovah's Witness of, of diet. You know? If you'd, you'd win more people over if you shut up about being vegan. If you just did your thing and people asked you about it and you were like, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, 
I don't like uh, meat's impact on the environment. I don't, I like my colon, you know. I don't want to die of colon cancer at age 55 from having a sedentary lifestyle and eating hamburgers. If you just, if you were just nice about it, you'd probably win a lot more people over to your cause. But as it stands, you can't shut the fuck up about being vegan. You know, not to mention, I love that the vegan cat thing is hilarious. These fucking vegans that own like four cats, you know, and of course, don't, I have nothing against cats. If you keep those fuckers contained and controlled, I'll even pet them once in a while, even though they make me sneeze like hell. But of course, they're a fucking scourge on the environment. You let them out, they fucking kill everything. They spread toxoplasmosis. Listen to the most recent, uh, this, this podcast will kill you about toxoplasmosis. Though at the end of that podcast, they say euthanizing feral cats doesn't work. I beg to disagree. I think I think it does work. But anyway, uh, the fucking vegans that, that spit all this hate, they don't shut the fuck up about people that have an occasional cheeseburger or something. But then they own these animals that are obligate carnivores that wouldn't have a chance of surviving at the population densities that humans keep them at. Like, you couldn't have 20 cats. You couldn't have 20 fucking predators, you know, occupying a five-square-block radius or the amount of uh, land surface area that's equivalent to that in the wild. It just wouldn't happen. They'd fucking... They'd, they'd eat everything, and then they'd all die of starvation. But these fucking vegans, they don't shut up about, about hating people that eat meat, but then they own, like, five cats. So you got an animal that all it can eat is red meat. Those animals, in a week, those animals will, they'll comp you for all the fucking cheeseburgers and red meat and steaks and ribs and all the shit you've refused to eat over the last 10 years. In in a month, those animals will comp, will comp you for it. They'll compensate for it. So they're still just having as bad of an effect on, a, on the environment. They're not omnivores. All they can eat is meat. I just don't get it. The fucking vegan cat thing. It's got to be some massive dose of cognitive dissonance. But anyway, how did I talk about this? How did I fucking talk about... I can't remember how I started talking about veganism. Oh, the alpaca. I had some very fine alpaca that night. I don't normally eat meat. I don't really care for it. Uh, but this alpaca was fucking delicious. It was. And of course, I think alpacas... You know, they're one of the camelids. I think they were just domesticated from the wild vicuñas. But they're everywhere. And I like alpacas too, you know? I wouldn't want them to know that I ate them. I wouldn't want them to take it personally, at least. But it was some of the most delicious meat, you know? I tend to like the veggie meats better. You know, like the fake meats, the vegetable protein? And that's what the alpaca kind of tasted like. It had the nice, the same texture. It wasn't stringy. It wasn't like cow. It was some delicious shit. Especially since we hadn't really eaten at all that day. I had quinoa, alpaca... And it was just in this in this like little beat up hotel lit by a single dangling light bulb run by an indigenous family, maybe four miles, maybe three miles from the Bolivian border. And it was just it was so fucking windy and cold and cool. And we got up and of course we woke up that morning. The sky was fucking super clear. We're so high up, man. We must have been like 13,000 feet. Yeah, it was pretty nice. And then we went and checked out these geysers because I guess they're more active in the morning. And it was, you know, it was like negative fucking 20 degrees freezing. And then these geysers are just shooting off, you know, just geothermal. There's so, so much of this area isn't researched. I think that's, this, that's this, the problem you see 
everywhere. There's not enough people studying this stuff. And if they are, they're just studying it because they're working for a company that wants to fucking, <laughs> that wants to ruin it for some gross fucking capitalist exploitation, <laughs> capitalist exploitation, profit motive. So uh, all these great mysteries being lost, you know. God, some guy just sent me a uh, a photo today. He's in Qatar, which the whole the whole Middle East region. I don't I don't want to touch with a fucking ten foot pole. That's my narrow minded, small minded Westerner view. But I just you know it's more. It's not even about cultures. It's about our species. I don't want to go to the fucking sphincter that our that our species crawled out of. You know, I don't. That's the, that's the cradle of civilization. That's where we've been doing our thing the longest. What a fucking nightmare. Maybe that's why it seems like such a war-torn, tense, psychotic... Ugh. You know, like 15 different warring factions all wanting to kill each other. I put a... Uh, I put a fucking... <laughs> I put a post up about uh, this composite species, Gymnarena. G-Y-M-N-A double R-H-E-N-A. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If flowers underground, it's self-fertile, so it pollinates itself, but the flowers, the flowers flower underground. It's fucking incredible. It's a really weird plant. And a couple people sent me pictures that live over there, and they were like, wow, I saw this. I don't know what it was. So cool. And I was like, that's a fucking cool plant. That's in its own subfamily of the Asteraceae, a composite family. You need to take more pictures of that. Maybe even, you know, get a herbarium specimen and a Accession it, send it to me. <laughs> send it to me so I can accession it for you at Berkeley. I don't know. Um, but I put Israel, I took a screenshot and just said, if anyone's in Israel, and I don't give a fuck. I don't know what the fucking borders are over there. I don't give a shit. I don't give a fuck at all. I'm sorry, I don't. The whole fucking region just seems like such a fucking, I, Christ, just like a fucking tense, Mad Max sci-fi dystopia. And, uh, and I put, it said Israel, and I said, if anyone's in Israel, because it's what the fucking map said. And I got like four or five fucking pedantic, smarmy, obnoxious, uh, you know, images or DMs from people saying, actually, this is Palestine. Like, I don't, I don't give a fuck. Like, you don't think I know about that situation? Like, one, I'm probably on your side. I obviously know Israel's the bully in the situation. But you're being fucking obnoxious. This is the vegan thing. You're being like, you're being very fucking pedantic, and you you talk you're kind of talking down. You're you're 
Also, the post wasn't about the fucking geopolitics of the region. It's about this cool fucking evolutionary wonder. So shut the fuck up. I couldn't... God. It's actually... It's like, God, don't take that creepy shit. I don't want to hear it, man. I don't care about your weird fucking... Yeah, that's cool you went to college and you learned all about this and you probably held a sign at some point and you could pat yourself on the back for being woke. I don't give a fuck. I agree with you anyways. But this is why the left always loses. You guys are so good at attacking... You know, and, uh, that was what I saw. I'm watching some squirrels chase each other on the roof. You know, normally I, I kind of hate them. I try to shoot them, but I'm watching them chase each other on the roof. Um, just because they, they're fucking non-native and they destroy so many fucking plants out here. You know, oh, my friend, my friend, Martin Grantham, his husband is a fucking marksman with that, uh, with that Crossman pellet gun, you know? Lickety split, just fucking, you know, muzzle to the fuck, <laughs> muzzle to the window, and next thing you know, he's got himself uh, some fixings for squirrels, too. Anyway, I put this plant up, and I got lectured, you know, by like four or five different people, and I just responded, you know, I don't give a shit, to be honest. Like, one, I I get what's going on there. I know who's the bully, but I don't, I don't fucking care. I'm sorry. This post wasn't about that. Way to take this in your own weird... You know, take this on your own weird tangent. And then, of course, that just pissed them off more. And they said, well, there's, just so you know, there's this mass genocide going on over there. Yeah, I know. I fucking know, man. I know. I know. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm focusing on. Can you just let, can you just shut the fuck up? I'm sorry. Okay. Thank you for the education. Thank, thank God you're here to educate me about things I already know so I can have an opinion that's more like yours and more more fucking obnoxious that I voice as much as you tend to voice this. This post wasn't about any of that. So it's the fucking, <laughs> it's like the, the vegan, the vegan Jehovah's witness. But anyway, so this, this guy back to what I was originally talking about, this guy in Qatar sent me a photo of this plant. I already forgot the name. I forgot the name of this fucking plant. It's a cool parasitic plant in a monotypic family. And its placement, its taxonomic placement was unknown. The thing is so fucking weird. First off, it just looks like a big dildo with a hostorial root. Right? And he sent me a picture. It was parasitizing Phoenix Dactylifera, the date palm, and some other uh, zygophalacious bastard. Tetraenia catarans, I think. But, um, but I had no idea this thing even existed. And, uh. And then he sent me this photo and I looked it up and it was yeah, Cynomorium coccinium. And I guess it, I guess it's mostly in the Mideast. You get a couple of populations around the Mediterranean basin in Europe. But I had no idea this thing was even out there. And, uh, you know, and so I learned about it and I'm like, fuck, man, it's just, it's just another, it's just another understudied book in a burning library full of evolutionary masterpieces and, uh, you know, I convinced the guy to put this, uh, to put it up on iNat, on iNaturalist, because there hadn't been any uh, observations recorded in Qatar. But I told him, put it up on iNaturalist, you know, in case they build a fucking hotel there or something, you know, or uh, it ends up, <laughs> more likely the Middle East, it ends up being a location of some, like, intense, violent conflict. It's so racist of you to say. It's so 
so fucking prejudiced of you to insinuate that the Middle East has issues with tribalism and religious war, you know? There's a lot more there than that, okay? Okay? I don't these I don't get this these people fucking you don't you want to pretend the place isn't bleak? I, I, I growing up in Chicago, the place is fucking bleak. I love it, but it's bleak. If someone visits Chicago and says, "I didn't like that place." It was kind of a shithole. I'd probably just, you know, well, yeah, kind of. I mean, yeah, it kind of is, you know. I love it, but it's kind of a... I don't get these people who fucking... It's just more of that outrage shit. It's so... Not, you're so offended. It's a fucking opinion. Why does it have to offend you? You know? You could say, ah, oh, it's too bad. I think I, there's, you know, I see a lot more there than that. There's some really good parts, too. Maybe you just didn't get a chance to see those, etc. But But to attack someone as if they're their fucking opinion, which you don't like, you know, is wrong. I, I don't know. It's a fucking opinion. Opinions are allowed to be wrong. There's someone else's opinion. Anyway, I got to stop focusing on these fucking obnoxious morons, but I like it. I kind of like it. Did you know that? I kind of like it. I like talking about it. I like, and maybe it helps you vent a little bit, you know, because you probably agree with you. Maybe some of you, some of you might be getting a little mad. Maybe some of you are the people I'm talking about, but maybe some of you are like, yeah, you know, I've, I've, that he's right. Yeah, I've, I've seen that before. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> like, I like getting, you know, viciously and uh, attacked by people. Well, it's not vicious. I shouldn't say that. But uh, unfairly attacked by people with some sort of creepy agenda that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. Man, these fucking squirrels are out of control. Oh, it's so cute. They're chasing each other. You know, I'd still shoot one of them, but that's kind of cute. It's kind of cute. They're chasing each other. Just stay out of my pots, you know. Don't go eating any Ericaria, but Willie, I see. Don't go digging in the fucking Baja Bishop Pine uh, pots I got. So, yeah, anyway. I forget what the fuck. We're, anyway, so yeah, we, I mean, I don't know what even to talk about now. Except the point at which we were driving to, we were descending down from the Atacama Desert. This is after we met the guy who said he wanted to smoke blue meth. This is after we ditched the eco-tourist who was driving us all fucking nuts and shitting on us for enjoying a good time while he just sat and putted in the car. This is, uh, at this point, we're driving this shitty beat-up van, cursing ourselves because the van didn't have any AC. And we were in the inland Atacama Desert at this point. There's no fog inland. It was pretty hot. There's no fog. There's no plants. There's no nothing. Just truckers and piss bottles. And uh, and so we're driving. You know, we have to have the windows down. It's loud as fuck. We can't even have a conversation because the, the windows are down. It's so loud. But if we had the windows up, then we'd fucking pass out from heat exhaustion. So we, the closer we get to the coast, we start to we see a fog bank. Uh, and, um, we obviously, we could tell there's going to be plants there and we're descending too. We're at like 5,000 feet, hit 3,000 feet. We can see the fog bank. Keep in mind the, the coastline's intensely abrupt. It goes from like 3,000 feet to sea level and maybe a mile, maybe less than that. I don't know. It's comparative to Big Sur. You ever been to Big Sur? You ever been to the uh, Cone Peak Trail over there on Big Sur? Goes from like zero to five thousand feet in less than a mile. It's a real nice. Uh, it's a real nice hike. I did it a while. I did it like ten years ago, maybe, maybe eight or nine. 
So we go through, we hit the fog bank and then we just stop. And it's, you know, on once behind us, it's all sunny. In front of us, it's all foggy. It's total San Francisco style. You know, like when you're hanging out. We used to be hanging out in Dolores Park in San Francisco. You could see the fog just coming over those hills towards the ocean. We were pretty nice. And uh, that's when the plant life starts popping up. We see this whole hillside fucking covered in copiapoa. I think it was Hasseltoniana. Start seeing some weird composites. We see Oxalis gigantea. I couldn't figure out what it was at first. It's like this knobby, succulent. I thought it was some kind of euphorb. But it turns out to be a fucking giant, succulent Oxalis. And I wasn't familiar with Oxalis very much at all. Except the pain in the ass species I get. You know, the horticultural weeds. There's one that forms kind of a tuber and pops up everywhere. It can be a real pain in the ass to rip out. You know, when you when you got cacti in pots or whatever the shit or you, you know. a lot of a lot of tree seedlings i used to grow used to get that weedy oxalis all the time you'd have to get like a leatherman to rip the fucking weeds out it was awful really obnoxious weed but down in south america there's tons of different kinds we saw uh, oxalis i think squamata was one of them it was like a pink one growing at eight thousand feet that was in the andes east of santiago this was much later on in the trip all kinds of crazy shit all kinds of crazy oxalis you know, to see what it's done down there, you know, give or take, it give a couple million years and some adaptation to some uh, extreme uh, climatic and uh, geologic factors. And, uh, you know, you get some pretty interesting shit. But this bush oxalis, this succulent oxalis that got up to like four feet tall was fucking incredible. So weird to see. So cool. See these little five-petaled flowers with these tiny little trifoliate oxalis leaves you know those those four leaf clover obviously not four it's got three but it looks like a little clover leaf you know the trademark oxalis leaf um and then there was a big areocyte at the base of that i think it was posico stud i have to look it up forget how you forget the species name begin with a p though and uh and then just hillsides of copiapoa just massive probably four or five hundred year old clumps of Copiapoa, Hasseltoniana. And it only got better the further west we went. As we dropped down, I mean, we could only go, this is, we're already like two miles from the fucking continent sedge right here. We're, you know, two miles inland from the ocean. The further you go, you know, we saw uh, Gymno, no, what was it? Oh, God, Gypothamnum, a species of a composite, one of those weird mutisseroid composites with purple flowers and Big ass purple styles poking out of the florets and really leathery, waxy foliage. You know, all these fucking composites have uh have really waxy foliage, They're like leathery, sclerophyllous, you know, lots of cuticular wax. They got a nice cuticle. Do you like the cuticles? Do you need to trim your cuticles? Okay. Don't let your cuticles don't let them come in the wrong way, because then you end up, especially if you got filthy, dirty hands. You end up with a nice ingrown cuticle and you got to go to the doctor and then, you know, it gives you, he gives you the antibiotics and then if he does it the wrong way, you get mercy and you might die. Anyway, did I talk about oxyphylum yet? You listen to them? That was a fucking wonderful plant too. That was that same area where we saw the oxalis coming out. We go down a little bit. Okay, well, we saw the oxalis. It's sunny. It's fucking bright. Bright sun, 3 p.m., hot, you know. Well, it's like their summer, so it was maybe it was a little later. Maybe it was like 5 p.m. Because the sun dip wasn't going down until 8 or 9. This is in December. 8 or 9 at night. 
And uh, so it's sunny, you know, and it's kind of toasty. The Copia Poas look fucking incredible. Got a whole hillside that goes for probably 200 meters. And it's just covered with what had to be thousands of fucking, you know, four foot by three foot tall clumps of Copia Poa uh, Hasseltoniana. And so, we're, you know, there's not much there. There's like some Alstromerias finishing up. You know, they got little tubers rooting with the shit. Little rhizome. You got to look up Alstromeriaceae. What a fucking, what a cool fucking, ah! Alstromeriaceae's order Lilialis. It's all primarily Central American, South American. I've seen some Bomarias in Mexico. But, so they're monocots. You know, petals, sepals, all that shit. Multiples of three. Stamens and what the shit, multiples of three. But they're a wonderful fucking family. They got crazy shit. I think I was already telling you. I, you know, I think I already talked about it. You know? Look at Bomario Involucrosa. I already mentioned that one. So we've seen this Ostromeria going off on that hill. And some other little cute fuckers, you know, but but it was still kind of sunny out. So we decided we go towards the ocean a little bit more, drive like another mile. We drove another mile. Suddenly the sky's completely overcast. We're bathed in fog. We're in those nice Lomas formations, L-O-M-A-S. You should look that up. That's some uh, interesting, uh, interesting shit going on. The Lomas formations, basically the foggy... Uh, higher altitude islands, quote, islands, figurative islands in a sea of desert. Absolutely fucking fantastic and so cool because everything there is adapted to fog, to collecting fog, to thriving on fog. This is where we saw Eulichnias that were just, I mean, I don't know how to describe it, man. It looked like these things were fucking hairy. They were so covered in lichen. These fucking 12 foot tall columnar cacti were so covered in lichen and moss, not mosses, excuse me, moss lichen, you know, probably ramelinas and fucking usnias and whatever the shit. God damn, I would love to talk to a lichenologist who studies down there. But these things were so draped in fog, they looked hairy. They looked like they had fucking blankets, like these cacti had blankets hanging off of these fucking, their stems, you know? Oh my God. It's just, it's fucking incredible. I really hope nobody fucks this up, you know? All it needs is a population infusion into that area. I don't know how there could be one. There's not really an economy there aside from fishing. And the oceans will probably be de depleted by 2050. You know, good job, humanity. And uh, maybe mining could fuck. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> just like thinking like a Chicago and what could ruin this? You know, something's got to come and ruin this. I can tell you, you could take the you could take the boy out of the city, but you can't take the city out of the boy. Someone's trying to fuck me. You know, everything's like the fucking Chicago attitude. Everything's suspect. You know, something bad's going to happen. Someone's trying to fuck you. Someone's trying to rob you. Someone's trying to fuck you out of something. Something bad's going to happen. People are going to ruin everything. It's all human based. I mean, it's just, you know, you just know the nature of people, you know, they like to fucking ruin everything. <laughs> That's what... Thank God I grew up there. I can't believe... What if... Yeah, I got friends who grew up in nice places, like Fairfax, California, and they're too fucking soft, you know? They just crumble. They just... The world kicks the shit out of them, and they just... They just fucking collapse, you know? Whereas, I feel like people from the East a little bit... Maybe they got a little bit more psychological flaws, a little bit more to talk about with the shrink in, in therapy time, but... 
but they fucking come out swinging, man. You know, a lot of them do. They may not live as long. Maybe they get a little hypertension, you know, <laughs> in middle age. Maybe it's going to be me. I don't really eat that much meat, but I do drink a lot of coffee. My, my, uh, my, uh, my systems, my glands are all fucked up, you know, from all the coffee, my adrenals and whatnot, you know, a little tense, but, uh, yeah, I'm just glad I'm not a softie, I guess. No offense to softies. Softies have a place. Softies are good. Softies have a point in, uh, you know, a place in life. There's a place in a time. But uh, I'm just glad that's not me. So anyway, we started, we're we bathed in fog now. I look up the fucking, on the road bank of this dirt road, there's Trichoceris deserticola. It's a Trichoceris that doesn't get taller than maybe four or five feet. Oh, it's going off. This fucking spines on this thing are six to seven inches long. Looks like an organ pipe. It'll grow. You know, you get one stem coming up. And then once that matures, you get another stem spreading from the base that grows prostrate along the ground. And then that stem that's grown prostrate along the ground just sends up intermittently more, you know, vertical shoots. So the whole thing looks like a fucking mini organ pipe on the ground. It's fucking crazy. So cool. Huge white flowers. Of course, it's trichoceres, so it's got very hairy hypantheums, the very hairy tubes, the tubes. Uh, we walk up the hill and see a fucking plectocephalus, some weird thistle-looking bastard that used to be in Carduus or Cardi, whatever the thistle genus is. But of course, it's you know a branch. It's branched off from that whenever it arrived in South America millions of years ago, and so it's become its own genus. A lot of diversity in it. Uh, Saw this that really cool Areocyce and full flower Posicostata. Saw a fucking Tillandsia geysii. Huge Tillandsia. Not huge, but it's a big ass Tillandsia. It's not your fucking Spanish moss. It's like, you know, the one of the rosettes, these vertical rosettes is maybe a foot, foot and a half tall. You know, two foot flower spike coming off of it. Obviously pollinated by hummingbirds, red flowers, red bracts and what the shit. Covered in trichomes, silvery gray. Beautiful plant, uh, Copiapoa humilis, a little tiny baseball-sized Copiapoa clumping up everywhere. Uh, saw Euphorbia lactiflua, what an incredible plant. This thing just bleeds latex. You bump this thing the wrong way and it starts oozing this white latex that, uh, you know, I wiped it off me whenever I got it on me, but I'm sure it's irritating as hell. Nicotiana solanifolia, a big nicotine with green leaves. Big Nicotiana, a big tobacco with huge fucking uh, leaves on it. Huge glandular leaves, just like many of the tobaccos, you know. We get Nicotiana obtusifolia here in the Mojave Desert. Tiny leaves, tiny flowers, doesn't get that big. This was fucking six feet tall. Had almost a succulent stem at certain points. You could tell its stem stored a lot of, you could, you could tell its stem stored a lot of carbohydrates, a lot of water so that this thing could drop its leaves in times of drought. And uh, and go dormant. And I guess the I guess the fog generally stops in their late summer. I'd be curious to go there. So maybe it's just the time of year that it was so heavy fog that we were there. But I don't know. Are they are they still getting fog in their fall in like April? I don't know. Uh, so not a sun starting to go down, but it works foggy as hell. We I'm standing. I hike to the top of this hill. I look off. I can see. 
you know, a mile or two in the distance where the sun is shining through. So I can tell we're still in the fog bank. We're probably two miles in from the ocean, but we're still 3,000 feet up. It's an extremely steep fucking coastline comparable to Big Sur. Uh, and I'm at the top, and I guess Woody told me there was a fucking salvia he saw up there, bastard. I did not see the salvia. I wish I had. It was blooming. It was purple, low-growing, four-foot-wide, but maybe two-foot-tall mound. But I did see uh, Rodofiala. Rodafiala, Rodofiala, how <laughs> the fuck you want to pronounce it, Rodofiala, Amaryllis family, huge fucking pink flowers, beautiful fucking pink flowers, and you know, they must have been, I don't know, four inches wide, four inches long, uh, you know, escape comes up, one peduncle, and then branching off that are, you know, four trumpet-shaped, six-petaled flowers, remember it's a monocot, multiples of three, uh, and uh, it's just coming up out of the bare ground, no leaves, coming up from that bulb with uh, Eulichnia akikaensis and fucking Trichocerus deserticola everywhere. It was fucking incredible. I think that video is coming out in two days or three. I forget when. I don't know. I still got fucking videos to put together on my goddamn phone. In the video, I look back in the videos and they're not as they're not as good. You know, being that it's my first. I made these things when it was my first fucking experience in these areas. And I just wanted to collect all this footage of these incredible plants and these biomes and these fucking communities. I didn't have time to think about things like biogeography. How did they get down here? Uh, you know, how the, the landscape has shaped them, how the fog has shaped their morphology, all this shit. So I look back and I'm like, fuck, I should have pointed this out. I should have pointed that out. It's more just me making obnoxious jokes trying to offend the soft viewers well at the same <laughs> a little bit and at the same time uh trying to collect all this footage and and point out morphology you know i did a decent job of pointing out morphology of these plants how many petals does it got does it have trichomes is it smooth is it glabrous etc and what the shit <clears throat> but i don't know there's just more i look back and i'm always like fuck i could have you know if i got like a month to spend somewhere and just lurk and hang out, I could do a much better job, you know, I made these videos, the end of it, I could do a much better job than, uh, you know, just showing up and film, but I want to get these places, you know, I want to get all this shit down, because you never know what's not going to be there anymore, but yeah, the, the Rodofiala was fucking incredible, and it's actually a pretty large genus, we saw Rodofiala bagnolii, a little yellow guy, uh, further south of there, when we were we were looking for Bomaria ovalii, which my friend Carrie had told me about because she's studying that uh, she's studying that genus, and I looked it up and it's fucking incredible. I guess Bomaria ovalii was only was all it was almost in its own genus, or maybe it wasn't its own genus. Then it got merged to, into Bomaria, but either way, it's one of these weird ass lilioid vines. Uh, got some info on where it grew. Went to this, you know, it's this desolate coast fog coast just copiapoa everywhere super rocky relatively barren but uh <clears throat> we got a lead on this canyon to go explore to look for we went down there and we found it it was dry as hell crispy but we said you know we saw the vines like these six foot dried vines i mean they were of course yeah like i said dry and crispy but they were draped over everything in there you know i mean there was what else did we see and we found this little wash down sketchy steep wash down to a main wash that was probably like 100 feet 200 feet wide 
and then walked up this 200 foot wide wash. I mean, we could see what was probably an Aristolochia. It was all crispy, of course, but the fucking rocks here were incredible. They were like these basalt. They were very iron rich. They were black and they had little bits of turquoise or aquamarine in them or something. I don't know. I sent them to fucking uh, Robert Madden. But uh, over there in Perth, wonderful geologist. You should follow him if you, if you can. Dr. H.C. Madden. Or you can just type in. I think it's just School of Rock on Instagram. Really fucking cool guy. Really great guy. Uh, and he told me what it was. But I forgot. You know why? Because I'm a jackass and I got too many words going around inside my head. But these rocks were all over the ground. These weird... They looked like slag, but they weren't slag. Because this is the middle of fucking nowhere. There's no reason they were, and then of course you get closer and you can see there's little, there's phenocris in there. There's, they had porphyry, these little black slag looking rocks. So, uh, we also saw cremaria there, which had succulent leaves, a cremaria with succulent leaves. And there were actually a couple flowers on that one. Massive copiapoas everywhere, fucking everywhere. Just massive fucking, looked like clumps of barrels, you know? Um... And then we went up this this wash and we walked through this valley and there's just this, all of a sudden there's all this uh, disticlis, that salt grass everywhere. It's just everything greened up and it's because there's a seep up there and uh, it's all salty fucking water. You can tell. I mean, it smells, you could smell the briny nature of the water. Um, you could see the disticlis, that salt grass, it's a big indicator <laughs> and... And uh, you could see the, the the white residue left from where the water table used to, the well, water used to be a little bit higher. But we keep walking through this stuff. We see this really fucking wild species of uh, composite, maybe three feet tall, extremely linear leaves. Almost looks like a reed. It almost looks like a reed, but it's got a little purple composite flower head up top. I put it up on INAT. No one's fucking touched it yet. <clears throat> uh, and then... We get to the end. We found a trail cam there, so someone's monitoring the area, which is cool. There's probably pumas and foxes and all kinds of shit. And uh, and then I look on the ground, and, and what Woody thought was a lobelia, which was in the same order as the plant that we saw. What he saw was a lo what he thought was a lobelia, turned out to be uh, Chile's only species uh, in the family family Gudiniaceae. Um, Tiny little fan flowers. You know, Asteralis is the order sister clad to Calisaraceae and Asteraceae and Campanulaceae, which Lobelia's in. Uh, but uh, Goudiniaceae is mostly in Australia. I think you get, a, you get a couple in Asia. You get one or two in Hawaii. Scavolas in, in that genus, they have really fucking distinct flower morphology. You know, they got like a five-lobed little fan, you know, on one side. And then nothing up top except nothing, you know, so it, it kind of spreads down. That's their flower. It looks like a fan. And then on the other side of the fan, uh, you don't have, there's no petals or anything. It's this little squeegee-looking, I guess it would be a fucking anthracom. I don't, can someone send me a fucking paper or a description of Goudiniaceae flower morphology because it's really fucking confusing. They're and they're incredible. They're all over Australia. They've had a huge diversification in Australia, huge radiation in Australia. But this one little species, uh, Celliera radicans, was the name of it, 
like Cellier, I guess it was named after a French guy, S-E-L-L-I-E-R-A, uh, was growing uh, nearly prostrate with the ground in this little salty marsh. I guess it's a marsh species. Um, but man, fuck all. Was that, that, was a, that was a really cool one to see. And I know it and I saw it and I was like, this is a fucking Goudiniaceae. This isn't a Lobelia. And, uh, and then I looked up on my little Chile floral checklist, Catalogo de Vasculares. Actually, I don't even think it's vascular plants. I think it's all plants. Someone sent me a fucking floral checklist of Chile, which was... So it's a list of everything that grows in Chile. No description of it, just its name and species when it was named and where what regions it, it's been found in. So, but if you know a family that something's in, you can get a list of all the plants in that family that grow in that country. And so I looked it up, and the only thing growing, the only thing in Goudiniaceae was Celliera, and I knew it was a fucking Goudiniaceae. And so, sure enough, when I looked up Celliera later, that was it. <clears throat> Tiny little flowers, you know, maybe we're talking like 10 millimeters at most, not even, probably like, eh, maybe it was 10 millimeters, yeah. So like a little under half an inch. But fuck, it was cool to see that. Because I, I just love that family, man. And, you know, you see one of them, you see, you've seen, you know what the rest of them look like. That flower morphology is so distinct. The fan flowers. The fucking fan flowers. Goudiniaceae. So, uh, and then, and then, and that was nice. All right, these little dainty shits, those are nice. But then we're sitting uh, at the end of this wash. We're looking, we could keep going. You know, it's it's... Gradual slope uphill, the fucking marsh, this marshy, salty, briny area that's greened up continues for a while. Uh, and we're sitting there figuring out what we should do. And I look to my right and there's a Eulichnia there. It's probably four feet tall. And you can see where the top of the fucking column has been matted down by birds standing on it. All the spines are gone. And I look and there's a fucking bright red stem thing just poking out of the aerial. Like bright red, conspicuous and then I realized, holy shit, this is the cactus parasite I had read about. This is Tristrix. <laughs> this is fucking Lauranthaceae, tropical mistletoe family. This is fucking Tristrix. Holy shit, this is cool. And we stopped and just lurked hard there for fucking, you know, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> another half hour just oogling this fucking parasite that lives entirely within a cactus. It doesn't come out, no leaves, uh... Barely produces any chlorophyll. I think it produces a little bit of chlorophyll as a seedling, but aside from that, it's achlorophyllous. So it's technically a hemiparasite because it does have the capability to photosynthesize on its own, at least for part of its life cycle, but it's mostly uh, a hollow parasite, or it's for most of its life, 99% of its life, it's just entirely dependent on its host, which is cacti in the genus Eulichnia. Uh, we saw it on Trichocereus. Down by Trichocereus slash Echinopsis chiloensis down by Santiago area. You see a lot of them that have Tristrix on it. I even saw it in Michaeliopuncha, which is the Apuntioid, you know, prickly pear subfamily. So I think it can just grow, I think it can probably grow on a lot of different cactus, but uh, but it didn't seem to be thriving in the Michaeliopuncha. You know, like it was just hanging in there. Whereas like the Eulichnia and the Trichocereus, it was doing great. But anyway. So we see this Tristrix that was fucking incredible. Boom, the whole trip right there was incredible. And then we're walking back 
It's like a two-mile walk back. Towards the end of the, you know, we walk to the road cut and then we're going up. It's like this U-shaped road cut that crosses this steep-ass ravine. The terrain there is all fucking insane. It's super steep and unreal. It must cost so much money to maintain those roads. And we're walking up this road cut, and you can see, looking in the road cut, there's all these turned cobbles just cemented into the into the side of the road like a fucking uh, conglomerate. But they're so well-rounded, there's no way that they could have been made by a river. Because there's no river in the Atacama. There's no river here. It's certainly not a constantly flowing one, you know? You mostly just get these... Met, you know, these flash floods probably that just, you know, it rains, water runs right off those fucking mountains, runs out to the ocean, boom. So we figured it must be from the ocean. And then we look closer and the fucking, one of the rocks, these boulders has fucking barnacles on them. Keep in mind, we're like three quarters of a mile inland from the ocean and probably three or 400 feet up. So these are, what we're looking at are like, you know, hundred thousand, a couple hundred thousand to a million year old barnacles. Uh, and this formation we saw extended for, you know, probably 100 to 200 miles. So this was old ocean front that had been uplifted and pushed inland, you know, because the whole, because of the Nazca plate subducting coming from the west, the whole west coast of Chile is being slowly pushed up, uplifted like California's and, uh, and pushed inland. So compacted and pushed inland. A little bit, you know, like uh, think of like a like a wedge, like a bulldozer gradually, you know, scraping the ground, scraping all this all this shit up and, you know, creating a little dirt bank or snow bank or whatever. Fuck. So that was fucking that was cool, you know, <laughs> to think that those those barnacle shells have been there for that long. You know, and there were all kinds of different, there were boulders like the size of a small dog, there were little cobbles, they were all perfectly rounded, perfectly rounded, like you would see at Rialto Beach on the Olympic Peninsula or any other beach that doesn't have sand, but just, it's like a really rocky beach, you know. The ocean goes to town on those quick, makes them, it gives them a nice polish, nice sheen. So, yeah, that was pretty fucking, uh, it was pretty marvelous, you know. We got back in the car and went and ate some fucking empanadas. I forget where we ended up that night. But I, I did forget to mention the, the first night we had with this shitty van. After we had left Stefan and his obnoxious eco-tourist customer that spent how many thousands of dollars to look at plants but then didn't want to look at plants, just wanted to pout in the car. After we, after we left them... And rented this van. We're driving through the Atacama. This is a couple of days previous. We're coming down from San Pedro de Atacama at an elevation of about 12,000 feet. We're driving through the Atacama Desert in this 92 Chevy van that's a piece of shit that uh, doesn't have any AC, no power locks, no power steering, and has this stupid shit painted on the side of it, thus making us a fucking cop magnet and a robbery magnet, too. You know, very obvious to scream out, hey, we're tourists, come rob us. We probably have a lot of shit in the car, too. Which I didn't. I just had some dirty clothes and some books. But then my camera and all that shit I carried with me. Anyway, we're driving through the Atacama. We're fucking bummed. There's no plants anywhere. We're driving towards Antofagasta. And we are fucking... I'm pissed off. I'm trying to call the company back and be like, Yo, we rented this fucking van for probably 130 bucks a day. You can't even have fucking power locks or power steering on it. Like, I don't mind driving a shitbox, but don't charge me like I'm driving a fucking Lexus or something, you know? Not like I would drive a Lexus anyways. I'm uh, opposed to the idea of it. But 
You know what I mean? Just don't these fucking sleaze bags. So, uh, and of course they just said whatever. Fuck. This is the keep in mind. This is the kid that told us he wanted to smoke blue meth. <laughs> I don't know who they got working over there. But uh, you know, so I played Karen. Let me talk to your manager. It didn't do it. Didn't do shit. They didn't do a fucking thing. But uh, figured it was worth a shot. Just left. I just left him a bad review on Yelp. So anyway, we're driving to the Atacama. I'm fucking pissed off. Woody's kind of bummed, you know. But he's a pacifist, so he's kind of keeping it to himself. I'm cursing. I'm fuck these motherfuckers. God, I, they need to get robbed. Blah blah blah. All this shit. And uh, and we have to drive with the windows open because it's so there's no AC and it's hot. Even the Atacama, it's not like the Mojave doesn't get that hot, but it still gets hot. It gets hot enough that it sucks. Okay. And so we we stop. We get lunch somewhere. We're kind of bummed. We're like, "What the fuck? We're gonna get broken into?" Because you could see there's dents in the there's dents where the fucking door locks are. Like it's it basically says to anyone that's looking at things from a criminal perspective, it basically says this door is easy to break into, and this these are tourists in here. You could probably get some shit. You know? Do you want some shit? You could probably get some stuff in here. Do you want some stuff? And uh. Oh, this little astrolepus in my fucking grow dumb isn't doing too well. I don't know why. That's kind of a bummer. That's kind of a drag. So, uh, <laughs> so anyway, we we uh, we don't know where where we're gonna go. We drive up to a fucking. Uh, I think I mentioned it. we saw this this huge island bathed in fog. Well, it I shouldn't say it's an island. We saw a big mountain next to the ocean across this epic fucking flat lowland valley and the top of the mountain was bathed in fog. And so we said, that that's probably a good spot to go. <laughs> there probably is a lot of good shit in it. Of course, later learned it was like one of the fucking biodiversity hotspots, at least for plants in the whole fucking region. And... uh Anyway, we had, you know, I can't remember if I talked about this already. This is the problem with doing this fucking podcast on different days and then not, you know, if I talked about this already, I'm sorry, go fuck off. You know, you just, I don't know what to tell you. You know, you're going to listen to it again. What are you doing? You're probably not even listening. You probably just have this on in the background at work or on a drive or something. You're picking your nose and just looking at the fucking car in front. You maybe, you maybe you're doing another task. You won't even notice that I already talked about this. Did I talk about this? I don't know. So. Uh, we drive, we park the ship on, shipbox van as high up as we can go, uh, on this little, you know, we drive towards this mountain, this is like next to the ocean now, just north of Antofagasta, we see this little, little, uh, what looks like it might be a nice spot to go take a walk, and the sun's going down, so we park our van, we walk a mile up, uh, we're bummed out, we're freaking out, we think people are going to steal a van, we get, uh, we're not stealing a van, no one wants a van, they're going to rob all the shit inside, which of course is nothing, but it's still gonna fuck us over. That's the thing about crackhead thieves, you know, is they don't, they just take whatever, you know, and they end up burning you. They don't want this shit. They just burn your ass. They they loot you for what you were, and then they dump the shit in the trash can later. It's, you know, it's, so you've been fucked, and they haven't even got anything out of it. So, anyway, uh, we're walking up this mountain, and we don't see anything. We see some crystaria bushes. Malvaceae, tons of species of Cristeria down there, all heavily glandular, super glandular, fuzzy. 
and uh you know like really resinous man it's weird you know which i guess is of course deeters herbivory but maybe helps collect fog too um as well as keep moistures moistures you ever keep your moistures in so you can use moisturizer the creams and whatnot keep your moistures in <laughs> listen to me keeps the moisture in so we get like a mile from the van and woody's got way better eyesight than me i got glasses on i could still can't fucking see and he turns around and he's like there's some people fucking with the van and i look and it's a red truck it's a red pickup truck parked there I have to put my telephoto lens on. I look through the telephoto lens, take some pictures. Because even with the telephoto lens, I can't get a good view. The camera's shaking a little bit. Take a picture and then zoom in on the picture on my phone. And I can see there's two dudes fucking with the van. They're lurking around. It's circling it. The cars, the red pickup is parked there. Now, I didn't know that red pickup trucks are what's used by uh, many authority figures in Chile, especially park rangers. But, uh... You know, they're looking at us. We could see them looking at us with binoculars. And I'm like, I don't think they're robbing us, Woody, because they're looking up at us with binoculars. They seem, you know, they just doesn't, they don't seem like they're lurking, you know, like they're lurking to steal. So we run back to the van anyway, still thinking they might be fucking looting us. And we, you know, they drive off. We could see we're like a quarter mile from the van. And we could see them driving off. I got shit. Did we just get robbed or what? We go up to the van. Van has been broken into. We didn't get robbed. Uh, and then we see across the valley, they're driving up this other road. Again, stopping to look at us. And I'm fucking waving at them. I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, I want to know what these fucking guys are doing. What is this about? And, uh, you know, Woody's like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know if we should fuck with them. They, maybe you know, I don't want to know. I just want to. I'm like, no, I got to go see. So we drive up this dirt road where they were on. Because they, they, again, this is the second time they see us, they just drive off. And we follow the, the road up, and it ends up at a fucking gate, a locked gate to a park ranger station. So I said, okay, that's good to know. They're just rangers. Yeah, and I found out later, of course, they were probably there to tell us that the mountain's closed, you can't go up. They shut the whole fucking mountain down. Uh, I guess because of poachers, you know? There's a ton of rare plants that grow up there, a ton of endemics that have only... They've been on that mountain for fucking God knows how many hundreds of thousands of millions of years. And uh, it's just a really sensitive spot. We found that out a couple days later, you know. But anyway, so this time we got kind of discouraged. We're like, fuck, what are we going to do? We didn't want to drive into Antofagasta and deal with the misery of fucking city life and then having to drive around a city or whatever. So we just uh, drove around to the other side of the mountain on the ocean side, totally desolate. I think we saw like three cars pass us that night while we were parked out there sleeping. We didn't have any food, didn't have any water. We had a little bit of water left. Just parked there next to the ocean, like 30 feet from the ocean, and went past on, went to sleep. Let, you know, went to sleep with the van doors open so you could smell the fucking ocean air and the fog was coming in and heard the ocean. It was so nice, so pleasant. Wake up in the morning, we gotta get some food. We figure we're gonna hike up this mountain. We gotta get some food. And uh, we drive to this little, it's like a fishing village. There's probably 40 people that live there. Not that, there's more dogs than people. And there's this little abuelita, this little old granny. She's got a, <clears throat> she got a little, um, she's running like a restaurant slash food shop out of her, out of her house, probably for the fishermen and what the shit. And uh, 
Yeah, I asked if she's got food. She says, yes. Okay, cool. She says, we got empanadas. I said, that's great. Give me six of them for me and Woody. I didn't ask what was inside. <laughs> I should have. I figured they're empanadas. It's food. It's be fine. So I get these six empanadas and they're filled with a fucking like briny clam. <laughs> it's all clams. It's all mussels. They taste good, but it's kind of like eating snot that's solidified a little bit. You know, so I ate like a one and a half of these. I was hungry. It was good breakfast. And, uh, and then I'm like, damn, I can't do that. I got to have to like save the other one. Woody's like, oh, we're going to get sick. You know, he has one of them. We put them away and we get a two liter of Coke. So for breakfast this day to fuel our fucking 3000 foot ascent up this mountain into a fog desert, into a Lomas, one of the Lomas formations, biodiversity hotspots of fucking the Atacama Desert, we had clam empanadas and a two liter of Coke, you know? And this is what fucking Woody, this is like what Woody ate the whole time. He would eat, this fucking guy hiked like 3,000 miles this summer and his diet consists of like potato chips and candy. It's incredible. I don't know how he does it. And he's still like rail thin, six feet tall, you know? He's fucking hilarious. He's hilarious, man. Another thing about this guy too, he fucking travels with nothing. He's like, totally, he's totally streamlined. I've got a big ass Patagonia duffel bag that I borrowed from someone to fill with all this shit. I got books, fucking way too many pairs of pants, socks. You can never have too many socks, you know, some shirts, fucking a camera bag. Then I got like a camo, uh, one of the like railroader grips. <clears throat> that's like a backpack that I put on. That's got all my other shit in it. And it's just, so I had what? I only had like two or three bags. You know, enough that I can carry it by myself, but, uh, this, you know, Woody brought, like, he was totally streamlined, man. It was impressive. You know, he's got that fucking hiker mentality. So anyway, we finish up breakfast. It's foggy as hell. Slowly the sun starts to come out. We look off, you know, we drive back to the spot, like a mile or two back to the spot we had slept and park. And then we get out and we just start hiking up this mountain. We hike through this wash. We start off in the wash. We see all kinds of crazy shit. Dynamandra, Ericoides, uh, Malpighiaceae. That family I'm not even familiar with. Malpighiaceae. And uh, we see a Malasherbia, which used to be a Malpighiaceae, but of course is a passion flower. It's in the passion flower family. Uh, see all kinds of crazy Nolanas. I fell in love with that genus Nolana. I didn't realize how cool it is till later, but the whole genus is like 89 species. It's a nightshade. It's almost all Atacama Desert. It's almost all west side of the fucking Andes fog desert, Peru and Chilean fog deserts. You know, and the flowers, of course, can be big, looking like petunia flowers. They can be tiny, very small flowered. Saw so this one there, and I think it was Nolana Peruviana. Uh, it had like pearly succulent leaves, like little succulent little fucking spherical leaves. It was incredible. I couldn't figure out what the fuck it was. I thought maybe it was a heliotropium, which of course there were tons of fucking heliotropiums we saw in this desert too. Heliotropium, Cristeria, Nolana. These are all genera with dozens of fucking species in the Atacama Desert. They love the fog deserts. They do really well there. But, uh, but I thought this one plant was a heliotropium. And then I look, I finally found one in flowers. This like six foot wide bush doesn't get very tall, but it's cascading over a rock wall. 
And I look and I see little flowers. I'm like, oh, it's a fucking nightshade. No shit. I guess it must be an Olana, but I didn't think it could have been an Olana because it looked so different from the rest of them, man. There's so many different kinds of them. They're fucking really cool and they're all super glandular. And they, you, you, it's one of those things to look with the species. You got to look at the leaves because they all have nightshade-ish flowers, but then it's just, it's just variation on a leaf structure and leaf morphology that kind of differentiates one species from another. So this was Nolona, Nolana Peruviana. We just, and then a couple fucking yards away, we saw Nolana Onoana with recurved leaves and like translucent windowsills at the top. Super weird. And so then we start, oh, we saw Peridolia morii, which looks, you know, it's, I, my friend Isaac studying Peridolia. It's a genus in the uh, composite family. Um, it's had a major radiation in the Southwest growing on these little islands, these biogeographic islands, these mountain chains in the Southwest only grows out of rock walls. Well, Peridolia morii is one of the species that doesn't grow out of rock walls. It'll actually grow out of a normal horizontal substrate. And uh, you see it in California a lot. You see it in Baja. You see it in the Sonoran Desert. Just looks like a little nondescript white rayed daisy. But, uh, which this one had, it had white ligules, four lobed corals. You get up there with a hand lens, you look at those individual florets in the fucking capitula. They got four lobes instead of five like many of our North American asters, almost all of them have, you know, five lobes. So to see one with four is pretty odd. Uh, you know, it's obviously a fucking apomorphy that occurred at some point in this lineage and then was translated down, uh, you know, through heredity to uh, all the fucking subsequent members that evolved of that lineage of Peridoli. But this one doesn't look like Pretty Morii. It's, it's labeled as that, but it's, I guess, Isaac did DNA work on it, and it's technically uh, more closely related to Peridoli. I think Crassifolia. I forget. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that was everywhere. So that was weird to see that there, to see a Peridoli in Chile, 9,000 miles from where I've seen the nearest other species. So <clears throat> we saw that and we start hiking up this sketchy Talus Mountain and it's fucking sketchy. It's like, you know, completely, <laughs> I don't think you could really eat shit cause it's steep as hell, but eventually there's enough friction. You'd stop, you wouldn't fall all the way to the ground, but we hiked up this thing and it must've been like 800 feet. Incredible. It was just incredible fucking scenery. We get to the top, we start seeing copiapoas up here, but they're all dead. Tons of them just dead. And we figure out it's a moth, like because you'd kick, you'd kick or blow on these. Actually, Woody was blowing on the base of these cacti clumps. Maybe they're a foot and a half tall, two feet wide. It's copiapoa calderiana. He's blowing on them, and all these moths come out. And you can see where there's burrow holes in. This is on the fucking video I put up. Uh, I forget the name of it. But it's got like a Eulichnia forest on the thumbnail on the YouTube page. And so, you know, we're, we realize it's this moth, so we try to catch one. I think I think Woody caught one, but I just got a photo of one. It took us like 20 minutes to get one to finally land and be able to photograph it. Little nondescript moth, man. Like maybe, you know, this almost the size of a grain of rice. Maybe a little bit bigger than that. But these things were devastating the population at the lower elevations. But it was weird because when we got up high, this copiapoa species was everywhere. So for some reason, this moth was only able to 
do its thing and thrive at the lower elevations. Maybe <clears throat> it's a recent arrival. Maybe the fog, since the fog is higher up, the fog fucks up the moth's wings and it can't cope with it. I don't know. But it was it was shitty and sad to see so many dead cactus at the lower elevations. I mean, it's getting wiped out. They're all dead. Hundreds of dead cacti. But then when you get up to the higher elevations where the fog is, there's fucking copiapoas everywhere. So we keep going up. We see a fucking menzilia. We see tons of oxalis. We see alstromeria. Uh, big pink flowered lilioid flowers poking out of the fucking rock wall. We see the oxalis. Man, it was fucking... We're, just, we're starting to freak out at this point because there's so much cool shit popping out. Whereas down at the bottom... We were kind of taking it. We felt like we were taking a gamble. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's gonna, there's not much here. Maybe there's going to be more up. I don't know. But we could see the Eulichnias from the bottom. We could look up 3,000 feet up this fucking mountain and see these cacti up there. These huge, well, 12 feet tall. That's huge for the Atacama. Cacti up on this ridge. So we kind of had an inkling there was going to be more, but we were still kind of unsure because it was just so fucking barren at the lower elevations. There was nothing. There was a little bit of plants in this wash, but on the alluvial flats, there was not a fucking thing growing. There was like, there was nothing. It's insane. Not a fucking thing. No perennial shrubs, no fucking, not even dried plant material from annuals that had sprouted a year or two earlier. There was nothing there. It's so barren. So now we're starting to see shit popping up and we, you know, you turn around, you look back and you can see the fucking ocean. You can see this whole island covered in bird shit, covered in white guano that supposedly there's uh, penguins on, I think it's Humboldt penguins, and there's not, a, there's no one, there's not, there's like a road, but there's, you don't see any cars, there's no human infrastructure, uh, I feel so fucking privileged to have been there, you know, because that's, I'm going to think about places like that when I'm in places like, <laughs> like I am now, you know, just <laughs> think about that when you're sitting in the fucking you know, in a red light surrounded by mindless consumer retail and parking lots in Emeryville. You know, the fucking surrounded by the race to nowhere. Yeah, so anyway, we keep going up and it just keeps getting better. The Eulichnia are blooming. They're going off. So I'm getting photographs of these Eulichnia flowers. You know, I'm standing at eye level with them because I'm standing above them on a tall slope. But the fucking plant that the flowers attached to is like 12 feet tall, 14 feet tall. I'm having to use a telephoto. The background of this fucking, where I'm taking this photo, the background is just this epic valley that drops down and goes right back up on the other side. Very steep slope. The rocks are incredible. It's all metamorphosed, intrusives. There's gabbro down below. The black looking granite, of course, different chemical composition, more iron. Maybe not that much magnesium, but certainly more iron. Gabbro weathers to red. You want to see some nice gabbro, go to eastern San Diego County. Go to the Takate Cypress Grove on Guatai Mountain, G-U-A-T-A-Y. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so it's just, it was probably one of my favorite fucking spots. And we get to the top and it's like, it's fucking just botanical heaven, you know. You realize this is the tallest mountain around for miles, meaning it stands as a biogeographic island, a place. These things have not left this fucking mountain for millions of years. They have not shared genes with uh, cogeners, with other species in their genera for millions of fucking years. <laughs> this is like, these things, this is, fuck, I just hope that that area, I guess it's protected. I mean, they're fucking not letting people up there, which is good. I'm glad they're not. 
I'm also glad we didn't know that, though if we did, we probably still would have broken the rules and gone up anyway. Uh, because, you know, we documented, Christ, I don't know, we must have documented at least 100 plants for INAT. We got great photos. I mean, I carry a fucking macro lens with me, too. I'll do flower dissections. Uh, all with the the hope that if I take these photos, maybe other people can fucking use them. You know, I put them up on Flickr. I'll put them up on Cal Photos. Uh, and maybe if there's other people studying these things, they can use these photos. The macro lens is important. I'm, I'm glad I got that. I was kind of sketchy. I was being kind of a cheap wop about getting it. I found one on Craigslist for like 600 bucks. They're normally like $900. Drove down to San Jose, bought it. Some dude met me, you know, sold it to me out of his garage. He hadn't used it in years. Fucking thing's excellent. You know, you get right up in there, dissect the flowers. Look, I mean, this whole thing about, you got to, flowers get a bad rap, man. They're not just these corny fucking, you know, symbols of beauty and all this corny shit, this lame fucking beauty, beauty. What does beauty mean? I don't, I think a burning Chase Bank is beauty. Not, not everyone's going to think that's beautiful. What do you, some old lady thinks the flower's pretty. Okay, that's cool. That's great. I'm happy she's into it, you know. There were values espouse protecting that kind of shit. I don't. I don't know. Probably not. But uh, you know, <laughs> from a biomechanical perspective, not just an aesthetic one, flowers are fucking incredible, and that's why I like to take them apart and look at them. I want to see what is going on. You know, what evolution is evident in this flower? Why did this thing evolve this way? Why? What does it use? What mechanisms does it use? What pollinates it? How do you know? What are the dispersal mechanisms on the seed once the the seed or the fruit is mature? So I'm always up, you know, I try to like get up there with a fucking hand lens, knife, cut the thing open, whatever. Especially with composites, you kind of got to do that because every, every flower head is composed of, you know, often dozens of little individual florets. So we saw uh, at one point, you know, we're up, the whole, th whole island's bathed in fog. Fog's blowing up over the ridge at like 15 miles per hour. You know, you could see the ocean just make it out through the fog when you're looking down in this little ravine. You know, you could just see the ocean off in the distance like a mile or two and this fog is just blown, just blowing up through the fucking wind. Is, I'm chilly now. I'm, I'm chilly. Um, and uh, look around and I see these little daisy looking flowers like three feet tall and it's a composite. Obviously, so I get excited. I love the fucking composite. So I run up, I go to go to check it out. They're growing at the bases of these eulichnias. A lot of stuff is growing at the base of these eulichnia cacti because the eulichnia collect the fog. They act as something uh, for the, the fog to condense on and then they drip down. And that's, you know, there's, you see this stipa, I think it was a steepa species growing at the base of this, this fucking cacti. And that's the only place that this grass is growing. It's not, it's not growing on the barren open hills. It's not growing in between the cacti. It's only growing at the base of these these cacti and uh god the fucking ecology is so cool anyway so i see this senecio this composite i get up close you know i look at the capitula the kind of bulbous capitula i say that's probably got to be a senecio it's got sessile leaves super pubescent super fuzzy blue and it's just kind of hanging out there gently blowing in this fog as the fog billows up this ravine and uh it turns out that's a species that had never been documented on iNaturalist before I couldn't find many photographs of it online at all. Some dude, and fucking thank God for him. I don't even know where he is. I think he's like Eastern Europe. He's got like a Polish name. 
uh, he identified it. And I said, how the fuck, how the fuck did you figure out what this was? I could tell it was a Senecio, but, uh, but he's like, I just, you know, he would just, he, I guess he just goes on INET. He loves botany and he just, you know, he knows enough about it evidently to be able to key it to not key, but figure this stuff out. He identified it as Senecio Antofagastenus, uh, which is endemic that only grows on that mountain. And sure enough, that's what it was. And he did that with a couple other things. Fucking thank God. What a what a fucking cool. I don't know, you know, I don't know what his deal is, but you just if you're gonna hang out online and fuck around on inside all day, and I'm not saying that's what he does, but that's a pretty cool thing to spend your time doing. Identifying plants and shit on iNaturalist, you know, helping people out, helping out science, learning a thing or two yourself. I don't know the dude's background. Maybe he's an expert botanist, but when I asked him how he figured it out, he just imply he seemed to imply that he's just kind of a hobbyist who does this for free but fuck man he's spot on he got it um saw an olsinium iris family coming up too on the steep sketchy ledge we saw an adiantum i think it was adiantum chilens really cool little maidenhair fern this whole hill moro moreno is the name of it i don't know man i'm just yeah i was i totally Fuck, what a nice thought, you know, for when you're sitting in line at the DMV and you want to die. <laughs> you got to have those places you can go through those fucking sanctuaries, you know, and that's what this place was. I mean, this was a sacred spot to me. You know, I felt like I was trespassing in somebody else's place of worship. That's a bad metaphor because I don't really respect most religions at all. I mean, I, I do, you know, but not enough to, you get what I'm saying. And, uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, just being there, I felt like I was, uh, you know, tread lightly, you know, <laughs> like I was at someone's like family plot, like a really nice person's family plot, you know, cause some people are assholes. You wouldn't give a shit if you were at their family plot in a cemetery, but pretend that someone who's really kind, just fucking wonderful. You know, you know, everybody in their family and you, you're at their, uh, you're at where they're all stuck in the ground, where they're all planted. You know, you would be very gentle. <laughs> and that's what I felt like. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. It just, uh, that place struck me. What else did we see there? Oh, I didn't even mention the area size. So we're walking uh, on this ridge. And we're kind of getting ready to turn around. We see we saw some Chucky Araga. Uh, I think Ulyssina, another Chucky Araga, another one of those weird basal asters, those composites. Barnadizioid subfamily. Super spiky. Smells great, though. The flowers smell great. Um, I saw Bahia ambrosioides, which is like this bush, this daisy bush, this woody daisy bush. It looks like it looks like an ambrosia, like a woody ambrosia, but it's got these, you know, eight-inch peduncles with daisy flowers on them. It turns out it's a species in the, the genus Bahia, which is in the same tribe as Palafoxia. Palafoxia, maybe some of you in the southwest no is a really fucking cool genus too and from texas to california you get them you know what it should be time to it should be time to see them again you know my old friend palafoxy they should be germinating right now you know maybe it'll be around maybe i'll stop by the fucking uh what are the goddamn dunes algodones dunes in southern california horrible spot on new year's you know just like the fucking just super like right-wing redneck these fucking tools put up trump flags they have like a bit they just 
they like it because on the that's the south side of the dunes they can drive their go-karts around and virtue signal to each other about how conservative they are and you know whatever the fuck uh, I like to think of them occasionally rolling those things over and dying. I'm just kidding. I don't want anybody to die. Nobody needs to die. I'm just joking around. But they just seem like generally terrible people, you know, or maybe misled. It's Christmas. I'm going to try and view it like that. They just misled. But Algodone's dunes, that's like a big thing, at least on the human element. It's like a big fucking go-kart, sand buggy, side-by-side, redneck, honky death cult. Probably probably a little bit of white supremacism there, you know. You probably got some fucking Nazis. Let's just be honest, okay? Just call it what it is. You probably got some Nazis in the in there. But uh they go there for New Year's and have like a big uh you know camp set up. Anyway, but there's a Palaf Palafoxia there. On the north side, the main road that divides it, there's a Palafoxia, there's Fucking uh, Helianthus, wonderful. That's Algodones, cotton. I don't know why it's called that. Algodones Dunes in Imperial County, California. You should go there, you know, if you can. Uh, anyway, so, uh, yeah, Pelafoxia, Bahia. Um, we're walking around on this ridge. We're getting ready to turn around. We look down on the ground. We see these, barely, barely you could see them. The only reason we could see them is because they have flowers. Ariosice recondita, which is these little fucking golf ball sized cacti that are fucking so cool. Ariosice, of course, has the areoles, but the uh, the or the areoles are recessed into the tubercles, excuse me. So you got tubercles, which are like these lumps that come up on the cacti along the ribs. The ribs get kind of divided into tubercles. And then you have the areoles on the tubercles, but the areo the areoles kind of recess into the tubercle. The arrows are where the spines come out of. So it looks like a little slit that's recessed into this tubercle. And uh, and they're, they're fucking everywhere. Once you see one, you start seeing more pop out, you know. And this is sad because this is a... Part of me almost didn't want to put this video up. I didn't know what to do about it because this thing is so heavily poached. Um, that genus is especially... I didn't realize how big cactus poaching was in Chile until I thought about it more and I thought... Wow, that yeah, there are. There's a lot of like creepy Eastern Europeans and Asians and whatever. The whole where where the cactus cult seems largest, uh, and there's a lot of them that, that post. You know, a lot of the stuff I, when I had read about Copia Poas or Anasites before, a lot of the shit that was posted online is from these websites in Eastern Europe and Asia, and these motherfuckers come and I think they just. I mean, there have been many documented cases of poaching in Chile, you know, probably because it's not that well regulated. Uh, Chile is not as scary of a country to come to as is the U.S., you know. <laughs> Seriously, man, I think a lot of people are, especially from Asia at least, can be freaked out about coming to the United States. Um, maybe that's not valid. I don't know. Maybe that's not a valid fucking. But America's a lot more fucked up than Chile, culturally, I would say seems a lot more dangerous, you know? And so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why it's so bad in Chile as opposed to, like, Southwest U.S. or Mexico. Mexico's got to be freaky as fuck to a lot of... Uh, I don't think you get many vans full of, like, uh, Korean or Japanese plant poachers going to uh, Puebla State, Mexico. <laughs> they'd, probably, they'd probably be... It's just a fucking rolling cash machine for any... Uh, 
any, you know, kidnappers or cartel members in a, in Pueblo or Oaxaca. I got to get down there too again and do some fucking videos on the cactus diversity there. I need to like plan a trip just to Oaxaca and Puebla. I haven't been down there in like a year and a half. And when I was down there, I didn't, I wasn't really doing these videos that much. And then me and Alan got into a fight too. Cause he was rushing me. He was breaking my balls and shit. Whatever. It was stupid. I think that's like one of the only, one of the few times Alan and I have fought maybe like two or three times, you know, we've traveled together a lot too, but, uh, I love the fucker. You know, we just, uh, you know, he was, he was breaking balls that day. We're in this, we're in this pack of serious Weberi forest and, uh, in Puebla. Anyway, whatever. I don't know. I'll do I'll do I'll go down there at some point. So, um, so the, uh, you know, the end of the day was, was capped off with finding this aerial size growing. And then of course, just, you know, crouching on the ground and taking like 2000 pictures of it. Uh, this thing was like the size of a golf ball at the most. And it clumped and it, uh, of course, had the ability to recess into the soil. A lot of the aerocytes do that. They'll recess into the soil uh, to, just like many cacti do, just, you know, to kind of blend in, camouflage, uh, avoid being eaten. And they do it so well, you know. It's so cool. To, it, man, to see this this habit among cacti and all these different lineages of cacti, you know, whether it's Astrophyta mysterious in Texas and Nuevo León, or whether it's fucking Aerocyce in Chile, you know, or Pellicifera. Um, it is such a cool thing. Oh, God, or Aerocarpus scaphorostris. Did a video on that. I left the name out of the video. I don't know what you'd have to look for. It was from January. It's on the YouTube channel. But that's the Nuevo León uh, near Rayones. And this thing, I mean, you don't... <laughs> You don't see, you just don't see it. I mean, you have to, to look, you could be standing on top of it and it blends in so well with the rock. It's a rosette of, I guess they would be stems, a rosette of stems that have been modified into conical uh, appendages on this rosette plant. And it just blends in with the rock so incredibly well. You can't see it unless it's blooming. Um, and that's another one that gets poached like hell. You know, when we went to see it, my friend Carlos showed it to us and he was like, don't get mountains in the background. You know, if you're videotaping it, don't get the mountains because there were some really distinct formations. This is Sierra Madre Oriental. So there's these really uh, steep mountains, beautiful fucking limestone that's been just folded and compressed and just tectonically tortured. He said, don't get those in the background because anything, you know, this is a spot that they will come here and they will just loot. But that that species especially... That's probably Aerocarpus scaphorostris is probably the hardest to see fucking cacti <laughs> that I've ever seen in my life. It is so good at what it does. There have to be more populations of that around that just haven't been discovered yet. Because it is, you can't see it, man. Like I had to really get, you have to sift through the ground. It grows on bare talus shale cobbly broken up talus shale uh and it's just oh my god yeah one of the coolest plants i've ever seen in my life that one but i'm just saying all these different you know going back to area size all these different uh species do this so well it's just such a good trait this camouflage this mimicry of the landscape that you're growing on so 
Anyway, that Aries has kind of topped it off. We both walked down just basically intoxicated with <laughs> intoxicated with fucking biodiversity and biophilia. It was so fucking incredible to see this spot. Moro Moreno. Uh, and I guess it's like I said, it's closed off to people. You can't even they don't want you going up there anymore because it's just been too fucked up and it's too precious. And I get it. But also the poaching thing is huge. And uh God, it just incenses me. The fucking men it's gotta be a mental illness, this collecting thing. I've gotta collect it, it's mine. You're gonna take this thing out of the habitat that it's evolved in, where it's just it's like a piece of the puzzle. It's a piece of this landscape. It's a fabric, it's a stitch in this fucking blanket, this fabric of of biota that, that covers this area. And you're gonna what are you gonna do with it? You're gonna take it and you're gonna put it in some fucking corny pot. In your ugly fucking living room with all your Ikea furniture and your shitty wall decorations and your coffee table and your whatever the fuck. And it's going to, you're going to think that it's, it belongs there instead of as a piece of this, this landscape that it's spent the past three or four million years evolving in. Like that is just, it's the epitome of human fucking psychopathy and hoarding and just selfishness and ego and just our deranged fucking outlook on the world <laughs> and how disconnected we are from any sense of like a unified, uh, you know, unified theory of, of organisms interacting together, any sort of ecological mindset. God, it's twisted. If you want to grow some from seed, fine. Grow them from seed, but... I guess a lot of these creeps, these cactus collector nerds, no offense to any cactus collector nerds that are ethical, do. I don't fault you for it. I'm not going to. I went through a phase where I, you know, had a lot of cacti and I just realized it's, they can require a lot of maintenance. And in a, in a way, I was torturing them and abusing them because I couldn't give them what <laughs> I couldn't give them what they need. What in hundred cactus abuse.com, you know, uh, and I just realized it's not, you know, it'd be cool. I want to see these in a, in a botanic garden where there's an actually institution dedicated to taking care of them. They have multiple people caring for them. Ex situ conservation is a thing. Out of habitat conservation is a thing, you know, in case the wild population gets knocked out. It's important. But I just, it's in terms of like a private collection, I don't want that responsibility. You know, I'm fine with my Dracaenas that I'm slowly killing in the corner you know, of my house or the fucking aeroids that have somehow not been killed off through neglect over the past five years. Like, I don't need to hoard this shit, you know? If I want to appreciate it, I'll go to my botanic garden, you know? My local botanic garden. And that's the real tragedy. There, there should be... Every city should have institutions like this that protect and conserve and propagate biota, plant, plant life, from planet earth you know from different areas too it does it's a living museum it's cool it educates people many people can enjoy it instead of just one or two people uh it you know it's it negates the hoarding complex because it's not yours it's the public's and uh and then furthermore those plants can be used to produce seeds should the wild population get knocked out so yeah i don't know but it's the fucking poaching thing's huge and it doesn't seem like it's going to stop anytime soon because a lot of these the cactus collector nerds want they want weathered 
quote, weathered, beat up specimens, which you can only get in habitat. And you can tell what's been poached from habitat and what hasn't. It's got scarring on it. It looks fucking, you know, it doesn't look all juicy and steroided up. It looks like it's spent 50 years growing, <laughs> growing on a fucking fog-draped mountain somewhere in northern Chile, you know, or in like a, you know, 50 years growing to the height of three inches in a northern Coahuila, you know. So anyway, we walked down. Yeah, we walked down just totally dazed and stoked. We'd spent eight hours up there. I didn't, we didn't even realize it by the end. We were so amped. And it's the best feeling, man, just spending spending all that time looking at plants and just and actively thinking and trying to interpret the landscape around you and uh and just falling in love with it with with all the life forms you see. And not to mention reading the rocks and trying to just sit there and think, how the fuck did this happen? How did these get here? How was this landscape formed? Uh you know, you really gotta sit there and and really just absorb it like a sponge and kind of reflect on it, you know? There's no better feeling. And then, of course, when you're done, you go, you know, fucking sink it with some clam empanadas, you know? Top the night off with some clam empanadas and a two-liter of uh, stale Diet Coke or stale Coke. Excuse me, I don't drink the Diet in Chile because they got the real sugar. Anyway, <clears throat> that's all I got for you now. Uh, I didn't even touch on the fucking Andes east of Santiago. I didn't even touch on the fucking Rosalie uh, violas and all that nice shit. Uh, but I'm spent, this is already two hours, you've had enough, I've had enough, uh, maybe I'll get back at you next time, got the t-shirts and all that shit up on the bonfire site, man, the post office has been fucking me, I don't know, what's, I, I've, I've had like five people write me saying that they ordered shirts from me before I found bonfire, and they never got them, and then I feel like a prick, because it's, you know, I fucking, I'm just this, I'm not cut out for this shit, man, that's why it's good, the guy from bonfire, approach me to sell this stuff because I can't I was I, I know I sent everything but it seems like the post office has lost a lot of shit one lady wrote me she said she didn't get anything I said fuck I don't know what to tell you let me get you the confirmation number I sent it three weeks ago I, then I'm digging through receipts I can't find the fucking confirmation number that ties into her zip code I'm kind of losing my shit I don't know what to do and then she emails me like a week later and tells me that it, she got it but it took her it took a fucking month to get there i don't and i pretty i think i sent the priority maybe i didn't i guess if you don't send things priority and they're not letters like if they're parcels you know it takes the post office just fucks you right in the ass they don't care they say whatever all right fuck this motherfucker he's too cheap to to send a priority and so we send it ground and it probably gets put on a train or a truck i don't know man but uh but I'm kind of done with the post office. So if you ordered something from me and you didn't get it yet, uh, I trust you. Just email me. I'll send you a new one. But um, also, just give it time, I guess. It depends on when I sent it. I, I, did, I sent a bunch of shit out before I left for Chile, and then I sent a bunch of stuff out when I got back before I had my surgery. So, man, I don't know, you know. But I want to help you. Just give it some time, you know. And I'm never. I'm probably never going to do this again. The... Uh, you just can't rely on the post office and FedEx and UPS are too expensive. So go through Bonfire. They've got their shit set up. You'll get a notice when it sends. Uh, they have like confirmation numbers, all that shit. It's a lot more likely. Uh, I sell stickers, but, you know, that's a whole bit. Stickers are easier. If you want to order stickers from me, email me, crimepastebotany, doesn't it? Gmail, or you could just 
PayPal me, crime pays, but botany doesn't at Gmail is a PayPal address. Leave your address. If you don't leave an address, I'm not going to track your ass down. I'm just not going to send you anything. I'll consider it a donation. I'm done tracking people down. It's a pain in the ass. There's just too much. There's too much, man. I get too, it's too much shit, you know, and I don't keep lists. Do I seem like the type of, type of fucking guy who keeps a list or a planner? So, uh, yeah, leave your address, what stickers you want. I'll throw them in an envelope. Let's say seven bucks for five. I was doing six and then it ended up being not worth it. Being a pain in the ass. Seven bucks for five. Uh, if you see me on the street, you could just have one. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's it, I guess. You got any fucking advice for me? You, you mad? Are you mad about the rat thing? <laughs> My dog killed a rat and I, I put it on an Instagram story. Had all these fucking bleeding hearts crying about it, man. Hey, you know, I like rats too. I had a rat named Lenny Bruce when I was 19. She was great. She'd come when she was called. We just let her hang out in the apartment, you know? She lived in a drawer. I like rats. They're smart. But well, you know what? They're like cats. When you let them loose, when they're feral or they're a fucking scourge, who cares? I don't want to see anything in pain, but, you know, Louie enjoyed uh, killing the thing, and you got to talk to her about that, okay? We'll set up an email. You can write her some fucking... We'll set her up an email. You can write her some fucking angry angry letters, you know, about how she killed the street rat and it was inhumane, you know, this <laughs> is fucking, anyway, that's all I got for you, uh, hope you had a nice time, hope you're having a lovely Christmas, hope you didn't spend a lot of money, hope you didn't buy a lot of shit, hope you, uh, just had a wonderful time, uh, laughing and rejoicing with friends and family and stuffing your fat fucking mug, like me, you know what I ate yesterday, I went, I had like a fucking, I had a big piece of cake and then a fucking, pint of like coconut <laughs> coconut chocolate ice cream like a nine-year-old you know like a diet of a nine-year-old but then i walked 10 miles around oakland with a dog so hopefully i burnt off uh some of it shouldn't be eating like that shit though man can't do that it's unhealthy all right that's all i got have a lovely rest of your day go fuck yourself bye